Previously on Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Just when you think that this night couldn't get any better, Jimmy goes and opens his big, stupid, fucking dumb mouth. Jesus Christ. Marissa brings leftover macaroni and cheese. Ryan is making grilled cheese. That's too much cheese. We see that Luke has been shot in the arm. It's okay. He just shot you in the arm. Yeah, don't be a baby. Get get up. I'll, I'll drive you to the hospital. Come on. It's time for Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Oh, hey. Welcome to Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. (laughs) It's the podcast where I, Mitchell Hardage, and my best friend, Jay Howell, discuss every episode of the early aughts teen primetime soap opera, The O.C. And today we discuss episode 106. That's season one, episode six, The Girlfriend. Jay, how you doing? I wish I was a mermaid. Oh, God. You're just going right right for the heartstrings, (laughs) right up top. That'll all make sense in about an hour and a half when we get to that scene. Oh, that's that's being very optimistic. <laughs> I would assume two and a half hours before we get there. <laughs> but we'll see. These have been I... on the long-winded side, uh, these episodes. But they're always nice discussions, and it's just kind of fun breaking down this silly show. <laughs> As if it, it were like a Fellini film or something. Exactly. I think it, um, and th- there's there's a little bit of joking in us doing it this way, but I really do, I, I, we definitely can, obviously we've done it five times now, like we can definitely talk about this, sh- one episode of this show for three hours. Any, and- any episode, <laughs> even like ones like this, which you... We're telling me earlier that you didn't think this was such a good one. It's here's and I I just rewatched it again because okay. I I don't wanna I don't wanna be the guy who who shits on an episode without thoroughly you know immersing myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the worst. I would say it's better than episode five. I agree. It, it is better than episode five. I think it's better directed, better written. I think there are there are definitely like some issues that I had with this episode that extend beyond those two things. Uh, yeah, writing and directing. I think it's there's just not a ton that happens. I feel like the things that they are showing us in this episode, they could have probably tacked on to like other episodes and other stories yeah um but it is you know and it also the the fact that we're only on episode six it's really easy to be like how does six compare to five and four and three and (laughs) two and one blast off but it definitely i see further down the road when we're on like episode 20 it won't yeah. be we won't be comparing each episode to every other episode. It's just right now we don't have too much to yeah. compare it to. True, yeah. And I think that 
when we do get further down the road, there are these kind of like multi-episode arcs, kind of like the Oliver saga and the Trey saga in season two. Um, so I think that's kind of how we'll be probably approaching and comparing the show. We'll be like, oh, the Trey stuff is better than the Oliver stuff. And, you know, so it'll be it'll be chunks of episodes as opposed to like, yes, yeah, single kind of like uh, one offs. Well, they're not really one offs because the whole thing's pretty serialized. But there are these kind of like we were saying in the last episode, um, they're starting to introduce like these characters that only appear for one episode and they cause a little drama and then they go away for whatever reason. And then we get another character next week. It's like monster of the week for the X-Files. Yeah. And this week's monster is one of the big ones, a recurring monster. Right. Oh, I was going to say the monster this week is a babe, but. Oh, that, that other monster. Yeah. (laughs) So the monsters to which we are referring are um one is oh can we can we just really quickly i don't know about you but i have been because we've been you know re-watching this show and taking copious notes while watching this show and then talking about this show for three hours uh every week i it's i i i'm in such a mindset of of the oc that other things are are reminding me of things like everything is in relation to this show right now with like everything I'm consuming. It's the and center re- of our universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that the other night when I watched um this movie that I highly recommend called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh it oh, was the Shia was, LaBeouf movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very like sweet movie. I really liked it. There is a song in that movie that as I was listening to it, I was like, I recognize this song. Why do I recognize this song? This is a band that I know. This has also been in a movie that I've seen. What is this? And I'm just racking my brain. And I, f- I realize the song is called Green Arrow. It's by Yola Tango. And I was like, oh, I, I know Yola Tango. I really like Yola Tango. I like the album that that song is on. But what movie was it in? What is it? Where am I? And again, Where did I hear it before? Yeah. Again, the cogs are just turning and twisting in my brain. And then I realized, and this is where it all lines up with the OC, there was a movie that came out in 2005 that Yola Tango did the music for that we saw, I'm almost a thousand percent sure we saw together, because we were like, we need to see this movie. Yola Tango does the music. And Ryan Atwood is in it. Ben McKenzie is in it. And the movie was Junebug. Junebug, yeah. Yeah. That it's actually the it's like an instrumental song, so it it works well in any movie that it's in. Sure, but, they're great. And then I and then I remembered that Junebug was the first time that we were were um, introduced to uh, the character who is married to to Ben McKenzie's character, Amy who Adams. We were like, yeah, and yeah. we were like, who the fuck is this? She's amazing. She's Every scene so that she's in, and. Yep. So that's a long way of me saying that we were Team Amy Adams uh, before it was cool, before everybody was <laughs> giving her Oscars and you oh, know, yeah. was, putting her yeah. in the leads of every movie. Team Amy Adams from The Jump, man. She was so great. That's a great film. Uh, yeah. I want to go back and watch that now that you mentioned we- it. And check out The Peanut Butter Falcon because I think I caught a little bit of it. 
where was it? Maybe on TV or something recently, or was streaming. But I caught a. I watched about twenty minutes of it. And I was really into it, but I had to like go do something, so didn't get to yeah. finish. But awesome, good recommendations. Yellow Tango, great band. <laughs> Everybody should listen to them. See, it's not even when it's all about the OC on Jay and Mitchell's The OC podcast. It's not all about the OC. It's about things that remind us of things from the OC that we also like. And other things that actors from the OC have been in. <laughs> I remember Ben McKenzie being really good in that. He had like a little mustache. He had kind of a like a Stanley from Streetcar Named Desire vibe to him. Like he kind of had this this brooding intensity to him. Which we know from the OC. He's kind of getting typecast a little. (laughs) But I mean, hey, if you you do it well, man, like, work it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this episode was directed by Stephen Robman, who is a TV director. He's done like a bunch of these kind of like primetime network shows um the writers for this show actually josh schwartz the creator of the oc gets credited for writing the screenplay and then uh deborah fisher erica mesmer and josh schwartz are credited as writing the story for this episode Um, did any of them write any of the twilight movies unfortunately no i think they're all like tv writers and producers but um, we we had that that lady from the last episode. I think mm-hmm. Melissa something wrote all the Twilights. But um, I found it interesting. I actually looked up these credits after we finished the episode because we'll get into why this episode was kind of problematic. But we were like, my wife and I were like, oh, a man definitely wrote that episode just because the female characters like are so indecisive and like have no agency in this episode and it's really disheartening and so we were like oh it's men writing women right mm-hmm. and uh to find out josh schwartz wrote this one was a little bit of a bummer um but then to find out the two women are credited for writing the story i was just kind of baffled by that a little but this well, is the can, early odds can... and yeah we can get into it, but the the titular character of this episode, uh, it's th- I, the way that she's written to me. And again, I want to hear your your take on this. But it's it's and we'll you know we'll we'll get into whose girlfriend she is, et cetera, et cetera. But she, it's 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 like she kind of has this sad life of her her whole life essentially is controlled by men or by being the girlfriend of of like wealthier guy like she it almost it seems like she's assumed that role which yeah. is a shame but it's it's kind of her way of surviving is like well I'm just going to marry some rich guy or date some rich guy yeah i guess there there are some good insights in this episode and i and i do feel like that character above all the others in this episode maybe has the most agency for herself even though like you just said she's kind of beholden to whomever she's like dating whatever rich guy she's dating which in this case is kirsten's dad spoiler alert um but let's get into it and then we can dig into the the minutiae and the psychology behind these people um 
as we go through. So we start with another previously on. Um, I didn't really have a ton of notes here uh, other than, you know, obviously this kind of foreshadows what you're about to see in the episode. So if you watch the previously on, you can kind of pick up on what might come into play. Uh, one that I noted was Ryan telling Kirsten, like, you're into real estate? And then Kirsten being like, oh, yeah, it's my dad's company. I work for him. And so you're kind of like putting those pieces together, thinking like, ah, maybe we get to meet the dad this episode. <laughs> Finally get to meet the dad. <laughs> yeah. And I thought there was an interesting bit of editing where it's um, Sandy talking to Jimmy. And he's like, he's like, you get to start over like or you have to start over rather because you stole four million dollars. Um but you get to be with your family and you're going to start all over. And then it like cuts halfway through that, like on that comma of that sentence. And then it's Jimmy talking to Julie and he's like, or I can see you kids in eight to 10 years, you and the kids in eight to 10 years. I thought oh. it was just like a clever, like kind of like way they jumped and kind of mashed those two thoughts yeah. together. Um, you guys, that's the insight you're going to get on this podcast as opposed to other OC podcasts. Uh, yeah. We're breaking down the previously ons and how they were edited. Yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of the way they do those because they're no, like that's cool. That's an editor's medium right there, like cramming a whole a whole episode into thirty seconds or whatever. Um, so we uh, we open on the Cohen's driveway. They have a Range Rover full of groceries, <laughs> like overflowing with groceries, and they're opening the trunk and. Everybody's kind of like grabbing bags or whatever. And um, I kind of wish I yeah. kind of wish that the see, the episode had opened with them in the grocery store because I'd love <laughs> to see the four of them grocery shopping because we find like, out that they all went grocery shopping. They because, went as a family. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like Sandy and surfing. It's like something you really want to see. <laughs> but I just don't know if it'll ever happen. No. Nah. We'll never get a we'll never get that grocery store scene where like uh you know, like Seth and, and Riot are trying to like sneak beer into the cart and then Sandy's like uh 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish. I, I, I and there is like I feel like this episode has a lot of it has a lot of like really well directed kind of like character scenes where they're all just kind of bantering with each other. Like there's like a dinner scene and then like an argument in the kitchen and stuff later. And I felt like that was all working really well. But like overall, yeah, this episode had a few problems. Uh, so they open the trunk and Sandy's kind of like, hey, you worried your dad won't love us if, if we don't feed him enough or whatever? So that we're, we're immediately knowing that like Kirsten's dad's coming over. Uh, she's nervous. She bought a lot of food. And it looks like they're, yeah, they're getting ready for him to just come and, and stay. Um, so Sandy and Kirsten take some groceries to the kitchen. Ryan and Seth are still just like hanging out by the car, like slowly gathering groceries, I guess, mm -hmm. because we go to the kitchen. And, wait, wait, wait. But yeah. this, is, this is what I was trying to figure out. Like they bought a bunch of groceries for... Uh, Kirsten's dad coming over, but doesn't he like have his own place in Orange County? Like, wouldn't you think 
as the owner of a like real estate empire in Orange County that he, he like I know he travels. Yeah, he travels for his job, but you could assume that he probably has his own place. That is an interesting point because yes, he's like the real estate mogul of the area. The house that Sandy and Kirsten live in is like one of his houses. The model home that Ryan burnt down, one of his houses. Yes. So one could only assume that he has the most ballinest house in the in the county. It's yeah, it's I I think I'm like over the it's it's not super important to the plot, but they are like they're having a birthday party for him. So you think like, well, maybe all of those little bags of chips are for his birthday party, but they're not because that party is catered. Yeah, like hundred percent catered. Yeah, it does. It does feel very much like an out of town visit from like her dad, who's yeah, who lives there. I don't know. Go figure. So Kirsten and Sandy go to the kitchen. Um, Kirsten's like, "Hey, maybe maybe you guys will get along now." And Sandy's like, "Yeah, maybe we will." Oh wait, I'm still Jewish. I don't think we will get along. Because Kirsten's dad is an anti-Semite, apparently. You're, you're getting an a, a image painted of who this person is and one of his characteristics, anti-Semitic. Which, yep. not great. Not a great Not a great start. quality. Not for this one, nope. <laughs> so, also, um, another, yeah. another thing that um, is, is just me focusing on something that's not super relevant to the scene at all, but they walk in carrying groceries... And Sandy Cohen has a bag of groceries in one arm and a case of wine in the other arm. He's holding 12 bottles of wine with one arm. Like it's nothing. (laughs) Just fucking walks in, makes a a comment about her dad being anti-Semitic. And he's like, here's your 12 bottles of wine. He doesn't even make a big deal about it. A pillow. Yeah. I I was admiring the pants he was wearing in that scene. <laughs> Did you see them? They looked very lightweight. They looked very like comfy. Like linen. Yeah, yeah. Like super. They almost looked like like uh, pajama pants or something. It's like Sandy knows how to chill. Um, He's going comfort. So so yeah, you're you're getting the sense that obviously Sandy and Caleb have a history of not being the best of friends. And then um, it's one of those reveals where, like, Kirsten's got the fridge door opening to put groceries away. And, like, she closes it and Caleb's standing right there, like, behind the, the fridge door. And he Ooh. says, uh, he says, he says, <laughs> Caleb <laughs> himself <laughs> says, speak of the devil, he doth appear. Shalom, Sandy. <laughs> like, he, like embraces his role as the villain it's a great caleb impression it's funny because the um actor alan dale is british and so yeah i've I've seen him he was he had a big role in another show wasn't he in lost i believe he was in lost i'm looking he's done a lot of tv he's ncis great he's so good at being an asshole like you, you hate him, and it's because yeah. he's doing similar to like Julie Cooper. It's just like this act, and I know a lot of actors are like, it's fun to be the bad, like to play the bad guy, and it's like these two 
they're like two of the best actors on this show and it's because you like hate them and you realize like oh they're killing it yeah because i have this visceral reaction to what they're doing that's a pretty smart choice to like spend like your like spend your if you're if you're drafting the cast of your show you want your first round pick to be the villain like mm-hmm. you want your villain to be a really good actor because they have a tougher job <laughs> you know um initially and especially with with Julie initially getting the audience to hate her like everybody's against her but then like slowly kind of winning them over mm-hmm. over time and finding these little moments of humanity yeah uh yeah he wasn't lost um Alan Dale and he had a British accent in Lost, which sounded much more natural than his his kind of like a gruff kind of bad guy voice that he does for the OC. But um, but yeah, he, he shows up. He's, you know, older, kind of buzz cut. Seems seems like a Trump vote, like he's going to vote for Trump. For sure, oh, for sure. He's <laughs> he's met guy. he's met Trump. They've had like a lunch together at some point. The, I'm sure. There's a Donald Trump reference in this show. Did you catch that? There sure is. And then right. in the scene afterwards, he says something very misogynistic, and I thought he is like Donald he Trump. Is a lot like Trump. <laughs> oh, so um, so yeah, he immediately makes a like a Jewish joke to Sandy. He says Shalom to him. Like, <laughs> Great start to this character. Um, and so he he brought his new girlfriend. Kirsten's like, where is she? He's like, oh, she's swimming in your pool, which I think is kind of kind of weird. I know. I know it's a, her, his house and her daughter or his daughter. Well, that's, yeah, that's the implication is he he's like they, while they were all grocery shopping, he let himself in. He has a key to their house he has a because key. he bought he gave them the house sure and so he's the kind of person that will give you something but then not let you forget that he gave it to you like basically like here's a house i've made my own key i'm gonna stop by when i want to my young my much younger girlfriend is gonna swim in your pool whenever she wants to and you're welcome i wonder how that conversation went like they get there they walk in she's like this is a beautiful house and he's like why don't you go put your bathing suit on and go swimming in the pool? And she's like, no, I'll just, I'll just wait for them to get home and I'll say hi. And then I'll be like, Hey, like uh, if it's cool, I'm going to go take a dip or whatever. He's like, no, you go, you go swimming now. I want you to be in the pool when they get here. Like, it's just it's strange. He, that He doesn't say more than like 10 words to her the whole episode. Like it's yeah. very obvious. And we'll, I mean, I guess we can talk about it now, but I, what I kind of, I don't, what I kind of, uh, noticed, I was going to say what I liked about it, but I don't even think I, I don't like it, but it is a, to me, it's an obvious choice that the writers made is, you know, sometimes in movies or TV shows or anything where there is like an old rich guy dating like a, a younger woman or vice versa or what and um, but it's usually the older person that's like, no, I love her. I don't care about how, but at no point does he say anything about how much he likes her. It's just the only thing that he comments about her is like, she's 24. Yeah. And so it's like very obvious of like, we have an arrangement. 
we both know our place in this relationship. It's not a like age is just a number kind of thing. It's just like, no, no I'm fucking rich and I don't want any sort of, you know, emotional relationship. I just want, you know, some hot younger uh, woman that I can say as my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And that's what he gets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to the driveway. Seth and Ryan are still like fumbling around with those groceries, I guess. Like Sandy and Kirsten managed to like bring the groceries in. Sandy carrying a case of wine. And then they had a full on conversation. A, th- a, th- a third character entered the conversation. <laughs> they had a full conversation. Meanwhile, Seth and Ryan are still just like dicking around <laughs> by the Range Rover with the the ice cream's melting, guys. Come on. Oh, Let's put a little on. pep in that step. In this SoCal heat, you got to get that ice cream in the freezer pronto. Pronto. You you pick it up last when you're in the store and you you get it out first <laughs> and you get to that freezer. I just want Sandy to walk outside and go like, get out of the way. And he just picks yeah. up all the groceries. <laughs> he picks up the car and just like carries <laughs> it in the house <laughs> and just like dumps it out like a, like a bucket full of Legos. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> guy's such a beast. Um, so uh, Seth and Ryan are talking about Caleb, uh, Kirsten's dad. Um, Seth's like, kind of encouraging here he's like hey maybe you guys will get along you know he comes from humble beginnings as well you you'll probably hit it off and then ryan's like yeah but i burnt his house down <laughs> like the model home and uh so it's like ah oh, don't 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 worry about that he has a million houses he probably won't even <laughs> that won't even register for him so then um then caleb comes out and greets seth and he's like stoked to see seth He's like, how's my grandson? He's like, but he, he he always manages to like, he does this with Kirsten too, where he like appears loving and pe- appears like he's like genuinely kind of like excited to see them or whatever. But then he like immediately makes a dig at them. Right. Because he's like, he's like, Seth, uh, get to see, like, give me a hug, whatever. And he's like, I see you're not a football player. Just like commenting yeah. on how I see you're still is. not a still not a football player. Yeah, I don't like how much Seth likes uh, Caleb Nickel. Yeah, like I would I feel think like I would Seth- be pissed if that was my grandpa. I'd be like, this dude sucks. For I can't, real, I'm not even gonna pretend that <laughs> he's a good guy. Also, it's like, like that's what Caleb values in like a grandson. He's like, I want an athletic jockey grandson. It's like. The fuck do you care, man? That's what you got. But, you know, he... Also, hey, Caleb, football means nothing in Newport. It's all about water polo. Yeah, water polo's where it's at. I'm surprised (laughs) he didn't say, still not a water polo player, I see. (laughs) That would have worked a little better. Um, And so Caleb meets Ryan, and he is not stoked to see Ryan. He's like, ah, you're the kid who burnt down my house. And then, uh, and then uh, he just kind of like is very dismissive of Ryan. He does shake his hand, but he, he all he says to him is like, you're the, you're the motherfucker that burned down my house. And he's like moving back over to Seth. And he's just like, Seth, you have to see my picture from Spain. 
I think he said picture. Does singular. he say singular? Like he I only he took does. one picture? Yeah. <laughs> I have this one picture of Spain. It's amazing. And then he says, you have to go to Barcelona <laughs> while you're still young. He's just like, kind of like, oh, travel the world. You want to go to Spain, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you could go to Barcelona in your old age and still have a fun time. Um, And then Caleb tells, so he's like, Seth, come with me, like grab your groceries. Let's go uh, put these away. And then Let's he go tells, get a look at this picture. Yeah, you got to look at this one picture for a while. <laughs> and and he, he commands Ryan to grab the giant bag of charcoal and take it over to the grill because I guess they're going to grill out tonight. And Ryan just kind of like begrudgingly does that. So then we cut over to the pool and, um, you know, Ryan shows up with the bag of charcoal and it's like, it reminded me so much, like this had to be intentional. It reminded me so much of the, the scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It's like but slow motion. That's, yeah, That's such an iconic. Now, anytime there's like an attractive woman who gets out of the pool, <laughs> yeah. that's always what you're going to think of. Cause that's just kind of embedded itself in the in the uh zeitgeist of yeah true true the collective consciousness of pop culture but they even did like the slow-mo shots and then they would cut back to ryan and he'd just be like whoa you know like, and he's and, in the bathroom jerking it oh yeah <laughs> he was playing uh there i didn't like figure out what song it was but it shows up later in the episode as well you wrote it down you shazammed it guess what band it is i'll give you a hint they had a music video where they did choreographed moves on a treadmill (gasps) is it metallica yep (laughs) enter sandman (laughs) (laughs) oh that would have been amazing if that were the song she came out to (laughs) Can we start um, a series of music videos where we just do treadmill dancing, but to Metallica songs? Oh, 100%. It's like a lot of like jog, like quick jogging in place. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to never, never land. We're doing like big arm swells. Oh, I love it. All right. We'll get to work nobody, on that. Nobody steal that idea. That's ours. That's our yep. idea. We just got to find like six treadmills. that are all the same um okay so it was an okay go song i remember like the all i remember is the hook of the song being like she's so hot was like a lyric she's so damn hot i think this was before they started uh having you know internet music video success they were just kind of yeah that right that would that would have been maybe like a few years after this episode because that was like big on YouTube and YouTube didn't really get big to like 05, 06, I feel mm-hmm. like. And this was 03, 04, something like that. So that's her theme song because it shows up, mm-hmm. shows up later in the episode. And yes, she is like a gorgeous kind of like supermodel. The, the actress is Nicole Hiltz. She was in a few other things, like all TV, it looks like a few movies. Uh, the Riches, at, which was a great show. I uh, also Desperate looked at Housewives. her credits. Um, you did? She was in Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, cool. Was she one of the girlfriends? I think she was one of the, like, aliens. Oh. With, like, with the, is that right? I only saw Dude, Where's My Car once. But wasn't there a, like, 
Who did the Z with their hand? <laughs> was that like the, the alien Zoltan? women? No, or was that the Ben Stiller movie? Zohan. Um, yes, yeah, was it Zoltan? Was that the Zoltan? Thing? Yeah, Zohan was Adam Sandler. I remember Donkey Lips was one of those guys <laughs> from Dude, Where's My Car? Okay, so there was yeah, there were there were uh, men and women, but yeah, I think she was one of those. But I, again, I could be wrong, and it no. it's not a huge thing, but <laughs> it's not a, not a big deal. But yeah, she's very pretty. She kind of has like the the Margot Robbie, Jamie Presley look, just kind of like very good bone structure mm-hmm. <laughs> like blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. tan yeah um and uh yeah so so ryan's kind of like uh, who's that and then um yeah seth comes out she's like hi i'm gabrielle and uh Seth's like dude that could be my grandma <laughs> and uh yeah. seth comically like Pot, like pokes his head in from the side of the screen like he's he's off camera and he just right. like pops in and goes that could be my grandma yeah yeah they've turned into like one of those like horny looney tunes uh, <laughs> <cartoons>. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to our opening credits Da-na-na-na-na. and uh we open on after oh, the credits just yeah. real, real quick um i wanted to uh, remind, I texted you about this when I when I noticed it in happening in the real world. This was a few weeks ago, but in the in the latest season of Westworld, uh, where Aaron Paul is is playing a character named Caleb Nichols with an yeah. S at the end. Yes, and again, I'm sure every single other person that saw Westworld just saw that and was like, "That's his name, and that's a name." But I could not stop thinking, whoever wrote this character pitched this name because they were a fan of the OC. <laughs> Had to be. There's like It's too similar. Caleb Nichols, Caleb similar. Nichols. You're right. Yeah, uh, yes, that that could not have been a mistake. Um and I and maybe we'll do some research, we'll do some digging. We'll find the common thread between the OC and Westworld. Maybe it's like a writer, maybe it's a producer, but whoever it is, Surely that's the person who who pitched that name for Aaron yeah. Paul's character. What's his character like? And I haven't watched the new season of Westworld. Is he like Caleb Nichol in well, any he's, way? Well, he's—it's weird. He's a—he's a rich multi-million-dollar um, uh, retail tycoon, uh, a real estate tycoon. And no, he's—he's a—he's going to say I was like, that's a little too similar. He does work a construction job, but he's just like a kind of bottom level he's like an ex-military um construction worker guy who's uh there's there's a few things in his past that come up throughout the episode uh, or the series check out season three of westworld now playing on hbo go now max max <laughs> and that's our advertisement for this episode <laughs> thank you to our sponsors hbo <laughs> <laughs> what if HBO sponsored a podcast about a show that wasn't even on HBO? <laughs> a Fox show. <laughs> it's probably like the network they hate the most. <laughs> um, well, you know, Caleb Nichols started from humble beginnings. So maybe in a way it is the story of like a parallel story. Who knows? Um, 
so we open after the credits on the Cohen's pool. Uh, Gabrielle is on a float in the pool. She she must love swimming because that's <laughs> she's just like in the pool she's all been the time. Out there a long time. Yeah, I hope she applied sunscreen. It was and, the same float that we acknowledged that uh, Ryan was laying in during that um, when him and Marissa had the both cheese pushed date. each other. Yeah, the cheese date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a, that that float has seen a lot of action. <laughs> so, um, so she's like floating around in the pool. Ryan and Seth are like just behind her uh, from the camera in the hot tub. And um, Seth's just like kind of they're openly talking about how hot she is. And she's like right there. Yeah, they made it seem like they were like whispering it to each other. But he's speaking at a normal volume and she's like maybe four or five feet away. Like she's definitely hearing him go like, is it weird that I think my grandma's hot or like something? (laughs) She heard you, dude. She's looking at you. Yeah. It's like, do you want her to hear you say that? Because here's 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 how she can definitely hear them say that. Because she's in the pool. They're in the hot tub right next to the pool. Behind them is the house. So they're talking loudly about how hot she is. And then Caleb comes, like, pokes his head out of the house talking to Gabby and says, like, hey, like, me and Kirsten are going to have wine and ketchup. You stay out of trouble. And she's like, okay. So she definitely heard Caleb, which and he's even further away. So that means she definitely heard Ryan and Seth being like, oh, grandma's so hot. For sure. Caleb says, um, we're going to have some wine in here. And she's like, do you want me to come in? And, he, and he's like, no, stay out here. Get some color. Yeah. And that's the only, well, it, that and later in the episode, he shouts at her from the other room. Gabrielle, get your things. We're leaving. Right. That's all he says to her the whole episode. He treats her a lot like a parent tr- talks to a child. Well, yeah, <laughs> because his child is older than she his is. girlfriend. Yeah, that's like a a natural sort of like mode. I guess he gets it. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Uh, so. Yeah, so he says, stay out of trouble. And then as soon as he says that, she immediately swims over to the hot tub where Seth and Ryan are. And she like wedges herself in between them. As a, It's a big hot tub. And Seth and Ryan are kind of like sitting next to each other so they can talk to each other. And she just like jumps right in between them and kind of like puts her arms around them. And she's like touching their shoulders. And stuff. She does say like, she does say, like, can I join you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard that OK Go song? I think it's about you. <laughs> I did. I did. Yes, I did make a note. And she was like, mind if I join? And then Seth, they're just kind of like bubbling. And then Seth kind of like pats the water like you would pat a chair next to you. If somebody's <laughs> like, is that seat taken? You're like, oh, no, come here. Sit right here. And he like just like splashes the water a little bit like, oh, yeah, come on, come over here. Sit, sit right here in the water. Uh, so she goes and she sits between them and she is straight up touching Ryan like she like her hand is like on his shoulder, not they, making any sort of 
uh, they subtle do a, actions. Yeah, they do a good job, I thought, of like kind of blocking this scene because mm-hmm. she goes in the middle of them, and like we said, we we both looked at the the actor who, according to my math, around the taping of of this episode was like. 24 25 which is the same age as ben mckenzie who's playing a 17 year old and adam brody is like 20 21 and so they're all essentially the same age but she they're both like their posture is like and maybe it's because they're like covering up their erections but (laughs) they're they're both just like kind of hunched and like like barely have their shoulders out of the water and she's kind of like perched up like she's got her like elbows doing a power stance yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's very much this thing of like they're her like loyal subjects or like like, (laughs) what is your bidding yes yes she she definitely has them around her finger immediately Mm. so she's talking with them about um you know, the big event of this episode, which is Caleb's birthday party, which the Coens are hosting. And she's like, oh, it's going to be a who's who of Newport. Sounds real wild. And she's, and they're like, yeah, really? And she's like, no, I'm being sarcastic. So you get the impression like, oh, she's cool. Like, she's not like terrible. She's not like a Julie Cooper or anything. It's like, she's young and seems kind of fun. Uh, that's my initial impression of her, like besides, you know, her just like getting out of a pool and floating around in a pool. This is like the actual mm-hmm. like first bit of dialogue, I guess she has. Um, and so she asks them, who are you bringing to the party? And um, Seth says he's going to bring Summer. And then Gabby says, have you asked her? It's like, how did she how did she infer or deduce that Seth like doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> I guess he's like kind of like supposed to be dorky or whatever, but it's just like it seemed like she like was able to read his mind or something because mm-hmm. he's because that's just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm bringing summer. And she's kind of like, well, did you even ask her to come yet? Have you even talked to her or do you just have some like, boyhood crush on her it's like how did she figure all that out just from talking with this kid she's for two fucking seconds. wise man she's she's the girlfriend she has like we'll find out later she has like lived an entire life like she yes <laughs> by the age of 24 uh which is an interesting they like they they flesh out her character she gives a lot of exposition about her history and stuff in this one scene coming up and it seems a little superfluous. Like we don't really need to know all this about this character considering like kind of like the role she serves in this show. Cause she's only in this one episode. Well, well it's, it's sort of, if we're comparing it to the previous episode with the outsider who was yeah. Donnie, who we don't even find out his name until like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's been in, is like, yeah, third or fourth scene. And all we really know about him, aside from just what we can kind of gather from how he's, he's not like, Hey, I'm Donnie. I'm from Corona. My parents were kind of shitty. And yeah. at the age of 16, I decided I, like, he doesn't say any of that. So it's always like, and I, and I feel like that was one of our problems with, with him. It was just like, 
How Who are we he? supposed to know anything about this guy? Like, and it's a, and this one, it's almost like the opposite extreme of like, we're finding out a lot about this character and she's right. only in this episode. Right, right. And like her motivations, um, I don't know. They, it, it, it doesn't really make sense that she would be divulging all this information to Ryan when she gets there. Um, but let's cross that bridge when we get to it. So Ryan is kind of like, uh, he's he's talking about who he's going to bring to the party and like Marissa maybe and then he's just kind of like no I think she might be getting back together with Luke and like her family's falling apart so probably not going to be bringing Marissa to the party Um, I, to which I wonder like why would Marissa be getting back together with Luke because he got shot in the arm bfd yeah the way that the the way that the last episode ended was like you know she went up to see him and she's always you know felt like she needs to look after the like needy person you know she's always like oh i i have to be with him now because he got shot in the arm right because she's such um an emotionally stable person that she should be the person to uh kind of help mend somebody (laughs) Back to full health. <laughs> Dude, Marissa sucks so much in this episode. Yeah. And we'll, you'll see. You'll we'll see why. <laughs> um, so Seth is like, oh, yeah, like Marissa and Luke, they've, they've been together since like fifth grade. To which Gabby says like, fifth grade? So they've been together since he was eating paste? And then Seth was like, I think he still does. <laughs> Which is a good little zinger he threw right. in there right before the scene cuts away. Um, so we cut to Marissa's room. And she's just there hanging out by herself. And who should walk into her room? That but motherfucking paste-eating motherfucker. Paste-eating motherfucker Luke. And... Uh, Luke's, you know, he comes in, he's being, he's being nice to her. Like he's, this is where, this is the episode where we start to see Luke's character turn around. He's not exclusively a bully. Yeah, no, it's very obvious that it's like, I got shot in the arm and I could have died. And now I have a whole new lease on life and I'm going to be nice. And that does next episode that's gone like this is and then it and then <laughs> it comes up. back later oh, in, yes. this, in this season but yeah this episode he's he's very and we'll, i'm sure we'll get to it but he's like very nice to everybody he doesn't even he does not say a single homophobic slur in this whole episode he's he's a changed man he's a changed man and all it took was a bullet to the arm <laughs> uh so he wants to you know, he just got his stitches out. He wants to go to the beach. And Marissa's like, shouldn't you be resting? And I'm like, why? It's just a, it's a flesh wound. Like, it's not like you need to be bedridden for getting shot in the arm. You can still go to the beach. How many? Maybe don't play uh, football. But like, yeah. you can still go hang out on the beach. beach. Yeah. How many stitches do you think a bullet wound requires? Because he says, I got my, I just got back from the hospital from getting my stitches out. Yeah. Um, well, it didn't, it looked like it was a pretty clean shot in and out, or maybe just 
Do you think it was in? Do you think they had to go and dig it out of his big muscly arm? No. You think it went through? I'm sure it was like in and out. Okay, well in that case, uh, you probably, I don't know, just like a few stitches on either bullet hole. So we'll the say, exit we'll, let's wound say four all together. Four, yeah. The exit wound's probably a little messier, you know, as tis mm-hmm. the nature of, of aerodynamics. Um, He's moving his arm around fine. There was no nerve Yeah, there's damage. no... There right, no. no, exactly. There is no indication through his acting that he's suffering any sort of uh, long-term effects from getting shot in the arm. He seems perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like, why would you... Why do you need to rest, Luke? Get real. Uh, <laughs> or get real Marissa, rather, because looks like I'm cool. Um, yeah. So, Luke, I th- it looks like he's going to propose to her at this moment because he's just like talking about like, I feel like I got a second chance on life, you know, cause I could have gotten shot somewhere where it counted and not just the arm. And he like, <laughs> I, he, he does all but get down on one knee when he presents to her a little stuffed bear with a heart. <laughs> like I, it feels like he got out of the hospital, went to like the gift shop in the hospital. Of the hospital. <laughs> And he was like flipping through shit. It was like, get well soon, bears and stuff like that. And then he found a bear with a heart on it. He's like, boom, got it. Perfect. This is going to speak volumes to my love for Marissa. <laughs> and um, and so he wants to get back together. He gives her the bear. He's like, I want to be your boyfriend again. She. So this is the beginning of Marissa just being like indecisive as fuck. And it pisses me off so much. She doesn't say like, "Oh, thanks." Or, yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet. That's so cute. She just kind of looks at it and it's like, mm-hmm. she's like, "I don't, I don't know." She's yeah, she's very unsure about diving back into the relationship with Luke because she's and, torn. And as an audience, yeah. that. We're all fucking nobody's team Luke. Everybody's team Ryan. I get it. Yeah, so yeah. Even like, him getting shot is like, okay, I guess I'm glad he didn't die. Right. Uh, right. But still, you gotta you gotta move past this dude. And she just can't. That's my that's my main issue with Marissa in this episode. It's like you had a great mac, a mac and cheese and grilled cheese date with Ryan in the last episode. Um, you like, you know, you guys are super into each other. You like you and Luke are pretty much done at this point. It's like, why, why are you going back to Luke? And I think that's why they wrote Luke as such a sweetie in this episode. It's because if he was his old douchey self, Marissa would immediately just be like, oh yeah, I'm going with Ryan. Like, (laughs) That's a no-brainer because you're still right. like picking on Seth and like being a general asshole. So, in order to make this conflict within Marissa feel valid and realistic, they make Luke like such a sweetheart, like such a such a nice guy in this episode. And yeah. you, you as an audience, feel kind of weird about it because you're like, is this just all like a sham? Like, is he just putting this all on to get Marissa back, or like, has he really changed? Because the way he acts like you get no indication that like there's no like moment where he like walks out of Marissa's room and like laughs like a villain or something like she'll be mine in no time. Like there's no moment like that where he's kind of like like smirking at the camera or anything like he's it, it 
could very well be like he's genuinely turned a new leaf, but I just don't know. And so, it's right. so. Marissa's but that's like, also yeah. that's also the uh, the sort of we you and I having watched the whole show now rewatching it. We we have our opinion because we've seen the next episode and the episodes beyond that. Right. Where it's like, yeah, first time I'm. I'm I'm curious. I feel like I probably felt the same way of like, he's got a, there, there's no way that he's a good guy now. He's a bad guy. Right. So, yeah. You know, but I, yeah, I can see. Cause he is. Yeah. There's no, at no point in this episode does he like break and yeah. go back to the old Luke. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you probably get a little nervous as, as an audience member. Cause you're, you're like, Oh no, if he's a, if he's cool now, like who's going to be the bad guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> we need a bad guy for these kids. Uh, so, uh, so Luke's just like, that's cool. You don't have to decide right now. We can just take it slow and hang out, watch a movie, whatever. And you're just like, wow, Luke's being very mature <laughs> about everything since he got shot in the arm. This what is great. movie, what movie do Luke and Marissa watch? What oh. are those two watching? They're watching... It's 2003. So they go to the DVD shelf, and Luke wants to watch Gone in 60 Seconds. Of course he does. <laughs> and Marissa wants to watch Sweet Home Alabama or something. Legally Blonde, maybe. Yes. Something Reese Witherspoon, for yeah. sure. Yeah. What do they actually end up watching? I think in this moment... Luke would let Marissa pick. He would watch whatever, because he's be, he's he's new Luke. He's sweetheart now. And sweetheart Alabama. He's he's trying to win her back, so he's going to be like, yeah, I'll watch whatever stupid <laughs> chick flick rom com you want to watch. It's fine. Man, that's the first time I've said chick flick in maybe like five years. That's like a term you don't really hear anymore. They don't really. I guess they still exist, but what do they call them now? just comedies woman <laughs> woman movies yeah yeah I, I mean it is it is i guess a bit derogatory to call it that but it was like it was like such a common vernacular and i feel like especially in 2003 this it, during the oc this term would have surfaced at some point it's yeah. weird like watching the show your brain goes back to that era you're using term like terms like wife beater and stuff to I was gonna say, shirts. yeah, you just you threw on a wife beater and you watched a chick flick. <laughs> it was um, two thousand and three. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad we've moved on as a society. <laughs> we cut away from Marissa's bedroom to the Cohen's uh interior. I guess it's their living room. Yeah, they're all looking out at uh, Gabrielle, who's like toweling off with Ryan and Seth. It's so weird that, and it's intentional, and it makes sense age-wise, but like, she's always hanging out with the two high school guys. She's dating the oldest character on the whole show. And, but she's never like hanging out with the adults. Yeah, she doesn't want to go, yeah, hang out with mom and dad. And grandpa, who's also <laughs> her boyfriend, <laughs> she wants to hang out with the kids who are like way closer to age and have the same interests and stuff, I assume, as her. Right. Which interests, of course, being like, oh, we're horny and we want to party. 
exactly. <laughs> common interests. Um, so yeah, she. So I thought it was weird that it was just like Kirsten, Sandy, and Caleb. All they're all they're not like really talking to each other. They're all just like staring at her through the window of the house, yes, watching her like towel can- off. Yeah, if they had any of, like, Seth or Ryan or Gabrielle had, like, looked into the living room, they would just see the three of them with big glasses of wine staring at them. (laughs) (laughs) To which, like, Seth would have been like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I would would be staring, too, if I were you, I guess. Um, (laughs) So, um, so Caleb is... uh, informing uh kirsten and sandy that gabrielle is in fact 24 years old and kirsten says kirsten says gabrielle seems very and she's trying to find the right word and caleb says she's 24 (laughs) she seems very 24 yeah Mm -hmm. and again that's like what i was alluding to earlier is that it's not this thing of like him being like she is just just so like sweet and always there for me and she doesn't care about my money like the yeah. way that some other storylines in other shows where this is going on would 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 use that sort of dialogue and he's just like nope I'm dating a 24 year old I don't give a fuck Yep. He almost says 24 like it's like it's a blue ribbon prize or something. Yeah. Like I I've dated I'm dating the female who is at the optimal age for I don't know, attractiveness or I don't know like what he was getting at at that except that other than the fact that like yeah, I could I can get younger women and that's yeah. about all that I care about right now for this relationship. Okay, Caleb. Um, and then Sandy bless his heart. He's a disgusting human. <laughs> he he really is. He's he's not super redeemable in any facet in this episode. I mean, he does have a few moments, I guess. Um, There's a scene with him and Kirsten at the end that we'll talk yeah. about that you're like, oh, I guess I kind of kind of get it. But even in that scene. We'll he's, talk about it. Yeah, he still he still sucks. Um, so Sandy's is kind of like, oh, she seems mature for her age. Like he's he's like trying to help him out. Like, why don't you say something other than the her age about her? <laughs> Sandy Sandy does a great job in uh, most of his scenes with Caleb, where it's this he's he knows the line. Of like, like he's aware that Caleb does not like him and he also does not like Caleb. But instead of just being like, fuck you, Caleb, why are you dating a 24 year old? You fucking gross asshole. Like he, he does like throw in these little like witty sort of jabs and little things that like Caleb's not dumb. Like, he know, I, I'm. I feel like he's aware that Sandy is kind of making fun of like you're dating someone younger than your daughter. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's yeah, he's definitely like, oh, it's it, like him saying that, saying like, oh, you're obviously like not looking for 
sort of like um necessarily like a uh intellectually stimulating like <laughs> relationship with somebody who you have a lot in common with right it's like you're just you're just trying to like bang a hot girl right now kind of icky mm-hmm. but um but yeah uh so caleb's like so for my birthday it's just gonna be a small family gathering right like just us and then uh sandy's like he says he says just the family the four of us and gabrielle which i did the math real fast in my head doesn't add up no no ryan excluding ryan (laughs) ryan's not invited to his birthday party (laughs) even though you know kirsten adopted him (laughs) right he lives there he is not happy about and he tells her a couple times oh yeah he even does something he like punishes her for adopting ryan in a second without consulting him yes right you must consult me about all of your decisions very controlling um to which sandy replies, like he mentions the small family birthday thing sandy replies oh like we plus 150 of your closest friends like kirsten's been working for on your birthday party really hard what but why like if caleb's cool with just a small family gathering like why is kirsten doing all of this for him i think it's it's very much the i mean it's it's the thing that we've referred to so much about newport and orange county is this multimillionaire guy you can't just have like a little small get together even if he says that's what he wants like he wants a big to do and he wants he wants the the grand he wants the really expensive champagne and all the people there and all the because it's just so that people will know like oh he's important look how many people are here also 150 people they have the party at their house and like they have a big house yeah but like 150 people is so many people to have like in your living room and your uh like backyard i know like, it, they, they ne- clearly they- like in they didn't get 150 extras or whatever but it is just like such a such a big number to throw out there to be like at your house <laughs> it really is yeah especially considering the communal space that is available right which yeah, yeah limited to pretty much the living room backyard and i guess the dining room and it's nice they can kind of open up those french doors and just kind of have an easy <laughs> walkway between the two but even then like you're right 150 is pretty superfluous like whenever people like sleep over at the cohen's house they're always just like cramming them all into like the pool house and stuff it's like i don't think they even have guest bedrooms in this house i've thought that too whenever uh like when ryan's mom stayed over she stayed in the pool house and ryan bunked up with seth and it was like yeah. I've seen this house from the outside. You have more than two bedrooms. I would think like, they would have at least six guest bedrooms <laughs> in that mansion that they live in. But no, Kirsten, the, Kirsten doesn't like to make and unmake the beds, so they yeah. just those rooms are off limits. It's a pain in the butt. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they just have several rooms that are just full of like boxes and stuff of like Sandy's like legal files and shit from all his cases. I don't know. I don't know. But we never see any other rooms in this house. <laughs> um, so 
Caleb brings up the model home again and how like Ryan burned it down. Kirsten's like chill insurance more than covered the damages. It's fine. And then Caleb's like, but you're bringing in a new architect for the redesign. I hear. How dare you? And then Kirsten's I didn't, like someone I didn't even approve of or like you yeah. didn't ask for approval or something like that. We're just like fucking relax, dude. Yeah. Kirsten's got it under control. She's doing a great job. Apparently I haven't actually seen her work to judge it, but <laughs> look, Sandy says that she's doing a great job and I believe him. I always believe Sandy <laughs> and Kirsten. I trust Kirsten and I believe yeah. that she's doing a great job as well. I think Caleb's just, is just a dick. So, so Kirsten's like, I just hired the architect to do the redesign. We wouldn't build without consulting you to which Caleb replies. Oh, like, oh, come on, Kirsten. I'm just messing around. You don't need my approval. However, you did adopt Ryan without my approval. So it's like he goes from being like kind of like nice and sweet and like uh, trusting to immediately like the next sentence being like, oh, but forget that nice thing I just said because <laughs> I don't approve of you adopting Ryan. You do get in this scene as like from the I mean, from the beginning of this episode, it's you're very aware that like Kirsten is so nervous around her dad yeah. and you kind of get a sense like up until this point of like, oh, yeah, he's he's kind of this like old money like white guy, no sense of humor kind of guy. And then in this scene, you realize like why she's so nervous. It was like she, he is her boss. So that immediately has a, that's a whole new level of like, you gotta be, you can't be yourself around this guy because yes, is your dad. But as we can, as we find out from this scene, he can demote you or fire you. And like, but everything with, with their relationship in this episode is like, you feel so bad for Kirsten. Just I like, know. She maybe feels... work somewhere else. Maybe you don't work for your dad. That seems so stressful. And like, you're so tense in every scene with them. Yeah. It seems like such a toxic relationship. And she seems, she does seem like super tense around him. Sandy picks up on that. This like contributes to why Sandy doesn't like this guy, which I completely understand. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so he he demotes her. He says, like, maybe, you, you know, you've been working too hard. So I'm going to take some responsibilities at the office away from you, Kirsten, so that you can spend more time with your new son and your family and shit. Just really like rubbing that in, like making try to like make her feel guilty about adopting Ryan. Ah. <sighs> What a shit bag. And so, like, yeah, Kirsten's kind of standing there just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it's my own dad, and he's, like, demoting me for, like, doing a humanitarian action, like, helping out a kid in need. Yeah. I think, I mean, as we're talking about it now, I think what it comes down to is Caleb knows that, like, this was in the very beginning, and it was, it was, like, in his mind, he was like, this is a Sandy idea. Like, let's bring in the 17-year-old, uh, you know, felon right. and adopt him. 
and he fucking hates Sandy. So he's like, I guess in his mind, he thinks Kirsten should have been like, absolutely not, which she was, you know, until the end of the third episode where she decided, you know, she, she had a change of heart. So yeah, I think in his mind, it's like, you should have said no, because that's what I would have said. Whereas right. your husband, the humanitarian, pushed uh, you into it. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. The, yeah. The Jewish guy. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that Caleb, I'll tell you. Um, so then we cut over to the Cooper's house. We're in Jimmy's oh, but then office. He, he does yeah. end the scene with getting a real kick out of. Uh, uh, what's going on with Jimmy Cooper? Son of a bitch lost $4 million? <laughs> Tell me all about it. I want to hear the hot gossip. You know the sound that someone who never laughs makes when they try to laugh? That's what Caleb Nichols does. <laughs> it sounded like he was in pain trying to laugh. Or something. <laughs> like, a, like a dog who has been like on a really long walk on a hot day. <laughs> Laying on the kitchen floor just like... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they, they, they do i and i appreciate this like writing mechanism where they will transition to a new scene by kind of like alluding to it in the previous scene so that's yeah when, it's that's good. like a natural segue um so yeah so then we cut to uh poor old jimmy cooper's office and or poor old jimmy cooper in his office the office isn't poor i don't feel bad for his office aside from the fact that it is not organized at all. Of course not. He does have <laughs> he does have a uh, a spreadsheet of some sort or yes. a, a graph of the, some the sort. The bar graph gets a lot of screen time at the <laughs> end. Uh, and I paused it and I just kind of like read through it. Well, I'll, we'll get there. Um, okay. So, so <laughs> Jimmy's in his office. He's like shuffling through papers like he always is, looking like like he's about to pull his hair out. Julie enters. And she's like, we got to get rid of China, the horse, Caitlin's beloved horse. She's Big a, giant riding hat in hand. And yeah. The, it's the not a whip. whip. What is the little? The it's, little it's, it's, it's it's a little a whip. whip. Yeah. The little. It's not thingy. an Indiana Jones whip. It's a. No, it's like a horse. You slap the horse's butt while you're riding it to make it go faster or whatever. Yeah. Which seems like like mild torture. I don't know. <laughs> um so <laughs> so she's like yeah she comes in with these uh these remnants from caitlin's uh horse riding days and she's like look what you've done <laughs> our daughter has no best friend anymore and jimmy's like her best friend was a horse <laughs> she's like maybe maybe but who knows now she's got to get rid of the horse because we can't afford it because you're fucking broke jimmy and so Julie is just gets straight to the point. Super harsh. She's just like, I want a divorce. Jimmy, Jimmy goes, which is Jimmy's response to everything that's happened to him so far. He goes, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Which now that I'm saying that, uh, Marissa basically says that a few different times in this episode. So like father, like daughter, like father, like daughter. Apple doesn't fall far. And Julie's like, you know what I want from you, motherfucker? <laughs> D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Bam. And, uh, and Jimmy's just like, oh, 
he should have seen that coming actually yeah he shouldn't be surprised by that yeah he's a little more shocked than he then he should have. Maybe it's like one of those things you prepare for mentally, but then when that conversation actually happens, he's just like, wow. <laughs> so that's it. And then, yeah, kinda, we, the scene. Kinda, it, yeah. Kind of thought it was going to go differently in my mind, but then why should I have your Julie Cooper? And <laughs> it's like when you have all these like clever comebacks and stuff in your head. And then the conversation happens and she like walks out of the room before you get a chance to like, oh, what, I mean, oh yeah, I'm divorcing oh, yeah? Oh, you. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, really? You do? Well, good luck finding uh, another husband. Ah, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so the camera tilts down and we see Jimmy's computer screen. And yes, it's a bar graph like year over year from like, you know, like 94. Eight or whatever to 2003 98 was a good year for jimmy he starts out his... yeah like way up there it's his it says at the top it says jimmy's investment portfolio like he needs to look at that also jimmy's first name apostrophe s yeah. jimmy's it's like jimmy. uh it could say like jimmy's lemonade stand money <laughs> oh no 2003 was not a good year for lemonade i'll tell you <laughs> It's like nobody it's, in Newport was drinking sugar. <laughs> yeah, that was the year everybody decided sugar made you fat. So they just like stop, stop paying 25 cents for a cup of Jimmy's lemonade, um, which is essentially true. His investment portfolio, it just goes down year after year, down, 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 down. 2003 is looking real bad. Uh, and then we cut to. The Cooper's residence front door. Ding dong, doorbell. Uh, Marissa goes to answer the door. Who is it? It's Ryan. It's Ryan. And she's R- wearing her cotillion dress and the back strap isn't strapped. And then she's like, can you do this for me? Every time she hears the doorbell, she just like <laughs> she throws, it on throws that quick. dress on real quick. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Ryan again. <laughs> but this time she's not super stoked that Ryan's at the front door. He's her, her. Oh, Hey, on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it like a 3.5 or four. You know, it's, it's like, not... a Oh, Hey, <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> um, so Ryan's Ryan's like, Hey, I'm on my way to work, but I just wanted to check in. Cause we haven't like talked since the hospital, I guess. They always go for these long stretches of time without talking. Because um, of the last episode, I feel like it was that way. It's just like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? How's your dad? So I guess Marissa just kind of like like goes into her room and like stops answering her cell phone. Um, this was also like 2003. We We had cell phones, but we weren't, we really weren't using them constantly. You know, like right. I, I, I definitely only sent a few text messages because it was hard. Because you had to, you know, there you had was to a, click like, six like three times to get a J yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and so and and yeah, and you would call your buddies sometimes, but yeah, it wasn't the way it is now, where we're like texting people constantly technology is is way different now it's it's the the grand observation i'm making (laughs) wow 
I don't That's know if a- you guys have noticed or not, but damn, dude, you just blew my mind. In the last 17 years, we've Technology come a long way changed. with cell phone technology. It is interesting that even in two, even in OC, the OC, the Newport County or Newport Beach, um, where these kids are rich as fuck, they don't have unlimited minutes. I guess like they still, they're not on their. They still use their house phones a lot. Yeah, they still use the landline a lot. So. Anyway, Ryan's like, hey, I was going to work and I just wanted to check up and on you and see how you were doing and uh, maybe get a follow up to that nice date that we had before Luke got shot. And, He's like, I uh, don't know about you, but I still haven't taken a shit since our date. Yeah, <laughs> still backed up from all that cheese. I did think it was interesting that like, I mean, it makes sense that Ryan still has that job, but I'm also like, does Donnie still work there? I wanted so badly because there's uh, in the next scene, we see him at the crab shack Yeah, and, and I really wanted that scene to end with him. Like as he's walking, like to, to leave, to go back home. If Donnie was in the background, like, Hey Ryan, we're going to a party in long beach later. And he's just like eight kegs this time. Eight kegs. And, uh, and Ryan's just like, I don't want to party with you anymore, Donnie. And he's like, why not? And he's like, just because I shot, shot one of your friends. <laughs> Life is what you make it, Ryan. <laughs> that would be so great if they got that dude to just like, like make little pop ins. Just like you see him in the background, just like washing dishes or something. I would have loved that. But no, yeah. no more Donnie. I guess no, he, that maybe dude, he got that fired for shooting somebody. On, yeah, that dude's on the run. Uh, <laughs> gotta go find a party somewhere else he's got a vanity license plate on his van that he goes from town to town in that says life is what you make it without any of the vowels so it all fits in there yeah it's just lips which get. <laughs> <laughs> it's real hard to decipher yeah it's one what of those does tricky that ones. say like whoever's behind him at a red light's just like what the fuck does that mean liver's Worldwide, laughings, Mako Shark. Oh, I don't get it. What is this guy trying to tell me? Laugh is what you make it, bro. He's always yelling it out the window too, so that's how you know. Um, so sorry. Before before YOLO, there was. Life is what you make. Life it. is what you make it, which I don't want to try to spell out right now because we've already wasted too much of the people listening to this is time. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> translate to as good an acronym as YOLO, so <laughs> the millennials adopted a, a new phrase. Um so as as soon as Ryan, who's being very sweet and genuine in this moment with Marissa is like, I feel like he's about to ask her on another date. Luke, because he's yeah. like, I didn't fuck up. We had a really nice yeah. date. He did everything right. We did. We almost kissed. And then I had to go save everybody from my coworker who shot your on again, off again boyfriend. But right. I personally didn't do anything wrong. No. It, and, and he like, you know, took Luke to the hospital and stuff like he. And then he called Marissa to tell her that Luke was in the hospital. Like, he did everything absolutely correctly. <laughs> like, yeah. a mature person. Like, a, just, a, just a great guy. Just a great right. guy, this Ryan Atwood. Um, 
And so Marissa, of course, is just kind of like, she's like, I meant to talk to you, but I, I just got so busy doing nothing. (laughs) Um, So as the, as this is going on, Luke, enters he kind of walks up from behind luke runs up and he's like marissa you gotta get back in here reese witherspoon she's used to big city life and now she's back on the farm and she's having trouble adjusting oh hey ryan what's up this movie is so much better than gone in 60 seconds (laughs) i can't believe i've never seen it before you know now that i think about it chick flick is kind of a derogatory term (laughs) maybe we shouldn't call him that anymore Does it make it any better if we call Gone in 60 Seconds and movies of that genre dick flicks? No? Okay, let's just not. I think that's just adding fuel to the fire, Luke. (laughs) Like, wow, you've really turned around, buddy. Um, That shot in the arm was the best thing that ever happened to you. (laughs) It really is. So, yeah, he walks in and... You think he's just going to be like, he's always been to Ryan, which is just like, hey, fuck you, dude. You want to fight? <laughs> but no, he's he literally couldn't be more different <laughs> towards Ryan. He's just like, hey, what's up, man? Oh, thank you so much for like, you know, helping me get to the hospital after I got shot and stuff. Like he's just being such a nice guy to Ryan. Right. And you're like, where did this come from? And um, and so yeah, he's kind of like. It was cuddling. like in. Do you remember Spider-Man Three? I know you do. Oh When yeah. like uh, James Franco is being really nice the whole time, and you're like, I know he hates Spider-Man, and he and he's supposed to be a bad guy, but it's also like the script is not great. So you're like, is it just because of the writing that I can't tell? Yeah, how he's you know it was similar. Yeah, you're to that, unsure. You're like, like this guy's an asshole, but is he doing this on purpose? <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. It, his motivations for acting this way aren't entirely clear to the audience at this point. But from like just just going in cold on this one, it feels like he's being real, like he's being genuine about. How he how he has turned a new leaf, and it does. It's jarring because it does seem like it. It really is out of nowhere. A little mm-hmm. gunshot wound to the arm, pff, BFD. I wouldn't call that a near death experience. I mean, okay, it kind of is. <laughs> Again, we are uh, really downplaying com- the comically downplaying it. The severity and, of gun violence. <laughs> yeah. And were were I or you to get shot in the arm, we would act as though it was a huge deal, which it is. I would tell (laughs) everybody is the first thing I tell them as soon as I see them. (laughs) Yeah. About how I got shot shot at a party. Um, But yeah, Luke's Luke's looks like he's he's completely turned around and, um, you know, he's kind of got his arm around Marissa the whole time. Obviously, he's in her house. So Ryan kind of picks up on like. Oh shit! I guess you guys are back together. His and army got shot in again. Yeah, no nerve no, damage. No damage. No, no. Ah, ooh, ah, can't really <laughs> lift it that high. Perfect no. mobility in this. Totally arm. fine. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, he's just like, I'm gonna go like keep watching Sweet Home Alabama. He says, "Take it easy, guy." He gives him like one of these like Mahalo things, and then he like <laughs> takes off, and right looks kind of baffled. He's just like. What was that? Like, <laughs> okay, 
cool, I guess. Who was that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surely that wasn't Luke. Does he have like a twin brother or something who's really nice? <laughs> um, and so Ryan like tries to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. He's just like, well, looks like you're doing great. So I'll see you later. And he just kind of leaves Marissa just kind of being like, I'm so conflicted. Which is like how she ends every scene that she's in in this episode. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Uh, Then we cut to the crab shack. Ryan is working and uh, Gabrielle enters the girlfriend of Caleb Nickel, Seth's soon to be grandma. And, um, this is where we hear now it's like a, the song playing in the restaurant. You know, it sounds kind of like filtered, like it's coming through speakers in the restaurant, but it's the same. Okay. Go song. <laughs> I like to think every room she walks in, like the, the, the record scratches and then like the needle drops and it's just that song every it's time. It's like when Stone Cold Steve Austin enters the ring and you hear the glass shatter. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. She like comes out and somebody like <laughs> chucks her two cores lights and she just like <laughs> chugs them real quick and like spits them everywhere and like throws them into the... <laughs> Making their way to the seats. ring yeah. from Newport, California. The 24-year-old girlfriend of multi-million dollar of real estate mogul, real estate Caleb mogul Caleb Nickel. Nickel. Gabrielle, we never know her last name. <laughs> Soon to be Nickel, maybe. <laughs> uh, so she goes, yeah, she's there just to see Ryan. She says, uh, she says that like Seth and Caleb are sailing and she wasn't interested in that somehow. Sailing's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and so Seth said that you worked here, so I thought I'd come by for a cocktail. And Ryan's like, Well, I can't serve you because I'm a minor. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> right. Just a cranberry juice then. And then she pulls like a, one of those little travel sized bottles of vodka out of her purse. She's like, it's from the flight over from the, here. From the plane, yeah. And Brian's like, sure, you're not an alcoholic, whatever. I was going to say, something tells me regardless of when the last time she was on a plane, she's got a little bottle of Grey Goose for whatever occasion might occur. Whenever she's hitting on an underage uh, server at a restaurant and wants them to serve her a drink, mm-hmm. such as in this case. <laughs> she's got a system. Yeah. Um, so this is where Gabrielle kind of like divulges her whole life's story to Ryan. She says that, um, that her mom like sent her, oh, it's cause she was talking about a plane rides. So this is how she <laughs> segues into talking about herself. She's like, she's like, ah, I hate flying. Don't you? And Ryan's like, I've never flown before. I'm from Chino. And uh, she's like, oh, I, I was your age when I flew for the first time. You know, I went to Japan for modeling and then I was in a house with girls and it got crazy. So uh, I, you know, had like substance abuse problems because of that. And then I got clean by the age of 22. So she like goes real hard for like four years and then she gets clean and then she says, she 20, says, uh, retirement age. Yeah. Referring 20, to like, 22 years old is the retirement age for what kind of modeling is she doing? Something in Japan. Gap kids. Yeah. 
She's like, I can't, can't work with gap kids anymore. I've aged out of it. Yeah. It's, I mean, her, like, like I was saying in the beginning of the episode, like her story's kind of, once you find out about it, you do feel bad for her in a sense, because it's like, oh, she's, she's decided that her self-worth is pretty much all based on her looks. Right. And if she can't be a model anymore, then the next step is to marry some old rich guy. Like that's, that's like in her mind, that's, that's like the, the circle of life for, for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is kind of disheartening. Like she's obviously a smart person. Like she could, and she's still very young. Like she could do, I feel like she could do whatever she wants with her life. Yeah. We're in our thirties, Mitchell. Can you imagine being 24 and being like, Oh God, the world is your oyster at that age. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, and then, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why she chose to uh, hook up with Caleb. I'm sure she has her reasons, but you know, this is another, but also she like similar. How I was saying like Caleb is never like, she she knows me better than anyone else. She's never like I I see a side of him that no one else like. There's no there's no like emotional connection between the two of them, and they don't even like pretend to you know yeah. give that off to anybody. Yeah, they're just like this is a business relationship like any other of Caleb's relationships, and um, this one's just like, is it prostitution? They're consenting adults. Right. But, but prostitutes are consenting as well. No, I wouldn't I would not say that it is is that. It's I mean it's like a relation like they they live together, I think. Like Yeah. Their boy their their boyfriend and girlfriend, as weird as it to is to say that a sixty something year old guy is a boyfriend to anyone. Yeah, it is strange and i don't know why i'm having such a hard time grappling with it this is the (laughs) the anna nicole smith like story that has happened over and over and over again yeah but like even anna Anna nicole smith like like she married that like super old skeleton man and like people talk about them and they were like they were like super in love with each other and like but like here it's like not even the parties involved are like trying to make any sort of like story like that. Right. No, by no means am I saying that there's no way that these two could ever be in love. Um, I'm saying that neither of them are even pretending like that's the case. Like it is very much just this, like you said, a business sort of, we, we have an understanding of one another kind of have an arrangement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, all of this to say that Gabrielle is macking on Ryan pretty hard at this point. You kind of got little vibes before, but now it's like late. She's laying it on pretty thick. And so, I guess, like, the whole purpose of that, like, the whole, you know, she and Caleb not really having like strong feelings for each other they just kind of like get what they want out of the other person and that being the extent of the relationship kind of like justifies her 
macking on Ryan. Also, the fact that you just hate Caleb. And you hate Caleb. She is much closer to age in Ryan than she is to Caleb. Yeah. So it seems more likely that they would be together. Although Ryan is 17 years still old. Still a minor. And on the show. So he's not. still considered a minor. Yeah. She would be, what, seven years his senior? Which, at especially at that age, is pretty significant, I would right. say. But it doesn't look that crazy because in real life, they're like the same age. Exactly, yeah. He's playing He's playing yeah. seven years his, his minor. Right, right. So um, she does briefly mention, like, so what's going on with Marissa and Luke? And Ryan's like, well, they have a past together, and I guess they're still, you know, going strong or whatever, whatever he saw at Marissa's house. And um, and then before the conversation can get go any further, Ryan gets kind of like summoned by another patron at the restaurant who's just like, I need more water. So he's like, okay, I got to go. And then this is where this is where you get that like, like, smile that like she just kind of does to herself she's not like smiling at ryan she's kind of smiling to the audience she's kind of being like i'm gonna fuck that boy right that boy from chino he gonna be mine he's gonna be mine (laughs) and then we cut to the cohen's kitchen with sandy and kirsten and um kirsten's pissed kirsten slams down a, a tea kettle of hot water yeah. In a in a way that made me realize never have I seen anyone slam down a tea kettle before. <laughs> I know. And rightfully so. Hot water is in there. It could but, burn your skin. That shit could But splash. she's mad. Yeah. You could fuck up your stove or whatever you slammed it down on. <laughs> but you know what? The anger's gotta come out sooner or later. Yeah. Kirsten's pissed. And Sandy's doing his best to console her, and I think he does a pretty good job. At this, he talks about how amazing she is. And uh, if your dad can appreciate you for all the amazing things that you do and the amazing person that you are, fuck him. Quit. Quit. He's like, it's the idea. And then he like reinforces. He's like, you should quit. That is- was a fucking Peter Gallagher gem. And I, I picked up on it. I knew you would. But <laughs> yeah. like the way that he like... Almost like he says it before he's even thought about it. And right. then he realizes what he just said and he like agrees with it. And he just goes, <laughs> you should quit. Quit. Like, yeah, and this is so quit. enthusiastic <laughs> about it the second time. It's so it. good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Kirsten, obviously, like, again, this is like the theme of this episode. She's like, it's like, she, Quitting her job with her dad is the equivalent of Marissa getting with Ryan. It's like the thing that you want to do, but you feel like because of all of your relationships and societal pressures and stuff, whatever, you can't do the thing that you want to do. You've got to like stay the course that is comfortable, that is familiar, which is Luke, which is for Kirsten working with her dad. And so this is her major conflict in in this episode as it, as it's getting revealed like this is the the decision she's she's going to have to make by the end. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so Sandy reveals that like Kirsten had to walk herself down the aisle at their wedding. Yes. And I want to talk about that. And I want to, um, as you know, um, I, I finished, I, I've, I've been doing my casual rewatch of the show and I, I finished the, the series finale the other night and yeah. there is, it's like the last little montage of the whole show. It's such a like beautiful five minutes of television. I love it so <laughs> much, but there is the scene in the last episode where, um, where Seth and summer are getting married and you see, you know, Seth up at the, at the altar, Ryan next to him as his best man. And Summer's walking down the aisle by herself. <gasps> and like, what we know about, about this show is that like, she doesn't have a mom. Uh, yeah. Her stepmom is a made up person that they refer to, but you never see her, but her and her dad have a really good relationship. Like, yeah, and, I thought that he, she was like daddy's little girl. Yeah, and in season four, he moves to Seattle. They actually make numerous, like, he works at the hospital that Grey's Anatomy takes place. They make reference to it Whoa, like a few times. Crossover. Yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. They never say like, oh, the hospital from Grey's Anatomy, but it's yeah. like Seattle Grace, I think is the name of the hospital. And he says like, the the doctors who work there they're just a bunch of characters or like something like that Anyways, oh that's fun yeah and so in the last episode i'm assuming they just couldn't get that actor to like be in the episode i don't know but like huh. nothing happened to him and yeah. but she's just walking down the aisle by, by herself and i watching this scene again after seeing that last episode i was like oh Kirsten walked down the aisle by herself and Summer did too. And Summer's not sad. She like sticks her tongue out at Seth and it's fucking adorable. <laughs> like there's, there's no sadness happening, but yeah, this is fucking sad that like her dad wouldn't in Kirsten's case, like wouldn't didn't walk her down the aisle because he was on some business trip in Singapore. He got stuck in Singapore. And this was after mind you, after they moved the wedding date three times. And he still didn't show up. And they moved it because of him, because of his schedule. Right. He makes the world revolve around him. And then Kirsten's like, it's it's such a, it's it reminds me of when she says, you know, he's my dad. I can't quit. Like, that's like, like period, end of sentence. Like, it's not even up for discussion. It's like, it reminds me of that guy, Michael, from the show Lost. Where, like, his whole argument for anything was just like, Walt's my son. He's my son. And that's, like, all he said for, like, two seasons of that show. He's my <laughs> son. He deserves to be with me. He's my son. I don't care if I'm an alcoholic. He's my son. Like, it's just, like, it's, like, putting putting family. And I get, I get that family's important, but I don't think that, like, family has that sort of should it should never have that sort of power over anybody's decision making or anybody's life because family can also be very toxic family can yeah. be abusive especially when you're like working with your family like working well, for the thing, your manipulative like, dad yeah like were she to quit or work for another company he's still her dad it's not yeah. like they're 
they're that they're that is dependent on their working relationship. And he's still going to be an asshole whether or not you work for him. In fact, he might be a little nicer if you don't work for him because there's less that he can kind of like hold over your head or dangle in front of you. Yeah, he can't fire you from being his daughter. Right. That's... Yeah. Uh so like but I get that Kirsten feels kind of like trapped by her dad or feels like She's like been manipulated by him, I assume, her whole life. And so, yeah, she feels an obligation to him and, and the job and everything. But I just couldn't. She had she had zero argument against Sandy being like, you should quit. Don't work for him. And she's like, but, uh, uh, he's my dad. <laughs> like, so this, what? Is, this is when uh, you and I, who know a, just a little bit about storytelling and composing you know dialogue and stuff like that you almost want it to become so meta that she's like i can't quit otherwise the next four or five episodes the plot isn't gonna work okay (laughs) i have to keep working in the newport group i don't want to but if i don't then this story and this story and this story and this story won't happen yeah if i just do what's logical and what makes sense right now then we don't have a show. Because <laughs> <laughs> if everybody was smart and reasonable and didn't act spontaneously, then nobody would want to watch this show that we're on. It would be a mess. It'd Sandy. be all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so great if she just said all that to Sandy and then he's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so... Uh, then we cut to the cut back to the crab shack, and Ryan and Gabby are sharing an appetizer. That was very nice. She like bought an appetizer they could share together. Um, she's got the money. Oh yeah, she's got that <laughs> Caleb, Caleb Nickel black card. Um, then Marissa enters, of course, uh, and uh, she gives she gives him a good hey here because she's she came here to talk to him. She this knew one's he was more like a seven, seven and a half. She's yeah. she bumps it up a little. I noticed this hay uh, was pretty prominent. So she goes, "Hey, you got a minute?" And so I guess Ryan takes a break. They go out to the patio of the crab shack. But he's like, "Actually, no, we're down a server because yeah. you shot your boyfriend in the arm." Yeah, really slammed right now because Donnie's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't found a replacement. They, there's a high turnover at this crab shack. Remember, Ryan got the job because somebody like stormed out after they like shattered a glass. It's always someone in the restaurant, like when they overheard that, like, yeah, did you hear about Donnie? Yeah, I don't think he's coming back to work here. He's uh, he shot some kid in the arm, and nobody's seen him since. And the person in the next seat chair over is like, or the next table over is like, I guess I'll work here. <laughs> He's like, did you, guess, do you need a job? And he's like, not really, but I feel obligated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just the overheard crab shack that. Needs, needs me. Yeah. <laughs> I love this place. Um, so, uh, yeah, Luke, Marissa takes Ryan out and informs him that Luke wants to get back together with her. And she told him that she would think about it. And, uh, and then she's kind of like, she's talking to Ryan and she's like, I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do, Ryan? 
if the I, other now, the yeah. other person in this revolved this, in this, this whole love triangle way yeah 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 and, yeah and i'm just like i really wish ryan would say like oh no 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 don't date him date me yeah that's what you should do <laughs> but ryan kind of being baffled by that just kind of being like why are you talking to me about this he's just kind of like I don't know what you should do. Like, do whatever you want to do. This is your decision to make. Like, why are you asking me for advice on this? To which I completely agree. I'm with Ryan. I don't understand what the fuck Marissa was doing there. It's fucking, yeah. Like how you were saying, like, this is like the peak of being irritated with her. Yeah, because I was fully expecting... The one, if there's two, if it's down to two people, if it was like the Olympics and the judges of like the diving contest were like, that was a pretty great jump, United States. Do you think you you should get the, what do you think you should get the gold medal or not? And they're like, what? (laughs) What the fuck are you talking? You're the judge. You decide that. (laughs) If you're asking me, yeah, I want the gold medal. So I'll take it. I dived really well. (laughs) <laughs> Germany yeah, just, <laughs> got shot in the arm and now they're diving pretty good but they were being kind of homophobic with their dives before <laughs> what does a homophobic dive look like just I'm trying to picture it in my head now. Um, so yeah I could understand if Marissa brought this query to Summer right because that's her best friend an unbiased third party which but happens in the, in the next, next scene, scene. Right? and yeah. summer is like us. she's like you asked him yeah what the fuck were you thinking yeah and i could also understand if marissa went to ryan to be like hey i know it looked like luke and i were back together when you were at my house earlier but trust me it is not like that i'm still like super into you luke just kind of like burst in my room and I feel bad for him because he got shot and he seems like he's being a nice guy about everything. Like if she went that route with the conversation, I would have been like, OK, cool. Yeah, this makes sense. But no, what she did made absolutely no sense to me and no sense to Ryan either. He was just kind of like, uh, OK, um, I, this is your decision to make. I'm here. I'm still available and interested. Mm. But what the fuck is this? Um, and so he like has to get back to work and we leave, Mar- we leave on another shot of Marissa just being like, uh, like confused. and like, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, what's going on? Uh, what's going on? It's the shoulders, the shoulder and the eyebrows kind of like furrowing. Yeah. And yeah, just, uh, just fuck off with that. So then we could dip to commercial. Um, we come back. And and it's like a fun like boardwalk scene, and we get like one little we, baby. We come shot back from of, commercial, and it's Marissa asking. She's still in the same place, and she looks down at like the people who are eating outside on the patio, and she's like, "What do you think I should do?" And they're like, <laughs> "It's like a what? middle-aged couple." What do you mean? Who are you? What are she's you like, talking about? She's like, on one hand, you know, Luke and I have been together since fifth grade. <laughs> But on the other hand, Ryan and I have something really like special between us. And they're just like, 
Leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to eat lobster on paper plates (laughs) with fries. (laughs) We're having a very casual lobster lunch. Can you leave us be? (laughs) Oh, my God. The show could have been so much better. But no, instead, we open on the boardwalk. I guess it's later that same day. Yeah. It's not the next day. I would guess so. I mean, I'm guessing guessing there's no, like, I think it's the next day. Really? Regardless. It's either later that day or, because I'm, the Crab Shack, I'm guessing, doesn't do breakfast like ryan's not working the morning shift <laughs> that's true he would have so. been and and in the previous episode his shift was like from like 10 to 6 or something so he was getting off around nighttime but this is like yeah. middle of the day lunchtime so yeah and maybe Seth it is was sailing day. with caleb true so i'm thinking it's the next day okay. and marissa's wearing different clothes different clothes yeah which i made a note of and i was just like did she just like change clothes and go hang out with summer after she had this like completely weirdly unnecessary conversation with Ryan. Um, and did she have two sets of clothes to change into and she couldn't decide which one to pick? I'll just bring both. So yeah, we get a quick shot of Ryan and Seth Ryan on the bike, Seth on skateboard. And um, then, but then we cut to Marissa. I love, and I love these scenes where they're biking too. and skateboarding. <laughs> it's yeah. so great. They're just palling around, having a good time. <laughs> It was like a lot of fun to shoot and just a lot of fun to to like be the actors in those scenes because yeah. it's like, yeah, just ride around. People will get out of your way. You don't have to worry about like all the extras. They'll get out of your way. Camera. Just like do your thing, man. Like luge on your skateboard. Yeah, like Seth do little is zigzags. And going real wide, like using the whole boardwalk. I know. It's a little rude. When you think about oh. it, <laughs> but then we, we, so we cut to Marissa and Summer. They're standing in line. Uh, at the boardwalk at like a taco stand and um the the song we got more bouncing california which i remember that song playing in like an express oh remember express at the yeah. mall <laughs> i feel like that's a real mall song uh but I didn't care enough to like look up who sang that song. But no, it doesn't. You matter. know it. You know it when you hear it. Um, yeah, Marissa's in a different outfit, <laughs> so we're assuming it's the next day. Um, so Marissa says to Summer that she she's talking about the conversation she just had with Ryan. I guess the previous day. She says, "I wanted him to say anything." So yeah, this is she's like Summer. Can you believe the way Ryan responded to me asking him who should I pick, him or Luke? Yeah, this is a this is a big problem that I have. Where she's like, I wanted him to like read between the lines, kind of read my mind and say what I wanted him to say, but he didn't, and it's really upsetting. And I'm just like, dude, you cannot. You cannot expect that from people, <laughs> especially especially Ryan Atwood, who's a very literal person. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she said, like, I wanted him to say anything. He said so. it's not like he just stared at her and didn't. He said yeah. something. He was he just said, like, this is you your decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what Summer says. He's like, she's like, 
you can't expect him to choose for you. Like, choose what? Like, between him and Luke? You think Ryan's going to be like, oh, yeah, you should definitely get back together with Luke. You know, he got shot in the arm and everything. Ever since he got shot in the arm, he's like a whole new person. <laughs> yeah, I said two words to him since he got shot in the arm, and he seemed really nice now, so you should probably get together with him. It's like, you're right. That was so... This this whole situation is so dumb. Right. And it's all because Marissa sucks. <laughs> and, and it only I mean, it only goes on for one more episode. That's well, true. Basically, this is the last episode. Next episode, it 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 changes and we don't have oh, to yeah. fucking deal with this shit anymore. So Thank God. Yeah, <sighs> she really hits the fan in the next one, which I'm excited about. Um Summer makes a Fast and Furious analogy when talking about like where Ryan is from. She's like, you know, there's knife fights and sex on the hoods of cars and stuff like that. Riss is like, you're just describing the plot of Fast and the Furious. She's like, yeah, it's same, same, based on a true story. She right? was, it's based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> this is like where you get hints of like Summer's kind of like, like she's all right. Like she's like, yeah, and it they do a they whereas how we were saying like it's weird how Luke is a nice guy now since he got shot in the arm and we don't trust it at all. It's like yeah. they really take their time getting like Summer to a place that isn't like awful the way that she has been in the first couple episodes. True. And she is like however, she is sort of like uncharacteristically awful in this episode like i had a big problem with her behavior at the party right we'll get yes and we'll get to that but right now we're talking about (laughs) marissa's problematic behavior um and summer's just like you know you choose between these two boys like how hard is this and marissa like does not want to hear that she does they do another fucking cutaway where they end the scene with marissa just being like but i don't want to choose between the boys it's like that's not a hard decision luke sucks and ryan's great (laughs) and you guys can eat cheese together all day we could have come to this conclusion episode two yeah I think this is the big, big point of frustration for the episode, for me, for this episode. Yeah. Um, and then we got to Ryan and Seth kind of cruising around, and uh, they spot Marissa and Summer eating uh, at a table on the boardwalk. And then Seth's like, it's fate. <laughs> we Ryan's both like, like burritos. Yeah, we both like burritos. Ryan's like, hey, maybe we should eat somewhere else. And Seth's just like, no, 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 we're doing this. We're doing this. Who's winning right now, me or my hair? He's kind of like pointing to his face or his hair. And Ryan get like looks over, gives him a look like for a second. And it's like, come on, man. Do do I look like I know anything about hair? But then he actually does like look at his hair and like give it like a genuine like (laughs) kind of a he does look like it's it's very it's very funny to me the way that he is like. Uh, oh, 
no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, good job. <laughs> wow, I never thought about your hair before <laughs> this moment, but... Uh, we can't have you going in there looking like a slob. Come here. Uh, I really wish he just like kind of like put his finger through Seth's hair to just kind of like, let me fix that part for you. Yeah, licked his finger. Like, you got hey. skateboard hair going right now. I gotta... <laughs> let me fix you up real quick, bro. Got you. Um, so the boys approach the girls. Um, Summer's getting up to go for like salsa and, um, she's stopped by Seth and he's like, reminds her who he is. <laughs> he's like, Hey, I'm Seth, Seth Cohen. It's me, Seth, Seth Cohen. Cohen. Remember Seth Cohen? Cause she, I mean, to be fair, she has had a really hard time remembering his name up until this point. Uh, and Summer's just like sees Seth as an excuse to get Ryan and Marissa alone because of the conversation she just had with Marissa. So she's like, come with me, Seth. Come with me to get salsa. And Seth's just like, oh my God, this is my moment. Here I go. This is exactly how I pictured it happening. I want to get salsa with her and then we're going to get married. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, so then we're just left with Ryan and Marissa at the table. Ryan sits down and um, uh, Ryan invites Marissa to Caleb's birthday party, which is tomorrow. So it's not tonight. It's tomorrow. And um, it's weird it's, to me how big a deal these high schoolers make out of going to adult parties. Yes. I was just going to say that. It's like it's like asking somebody to prom or something. Yeah. Will you, will you go to it's Caleb's like, party with me? <laughs> yeah. And like, I get that he's a, a real estate mogul type guy but even still like never did i ever think of like oh i need to bring a date to my grandpa's birthday party (laughs) you know like exactly which is strange the cohen's house it's not even at like the the clubhouse or whatever yeah the the country club it's at like seth's house which is kind of funny um but yeah, they they treat it like who are you bringing to Caleb's party? Like it's a like it's some sort of significant date event. Yeah, and Marissa's like, I Luke already asked me. Yeah, earlier oh, sorry, today. I promised I, Luke I would go with him. I was like, what the fuck? Um, and so Brian's just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll see you and Luke there. And like, I feel like Ryan's taking 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 this one on the chin pretty well. Like he's just so like. Okay, like he's 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 there and he's like he made the good faith effort. He's trying. He's like, I kind of inferred from that conversation earlier that maybe you want me to be a little more forward with my wanting to date you. So here I am asking you on a date. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now you can't go because you're going with, you know, the other guy that uh that we're we're in this love triangle with. I think in his he knows in his back pocket he can hook up with uh <laughs> Gabrielle. Oh, big time. And uh <laughs> and so he's just kind of like, he's like, that's cool. You wanna go with Luke? That's totally cool. I ain't even sweating that. <laughs> I got this 24-year-old that's real thirsty. Yeah, I've got this supermodel that's just staying in my house with me. <laughs> so then we cut to the salsa stand and uh with Seth and Summer. And um Summer gets like salsa on her finger accidentally and she asks seth to lick it off because she there are no ask. napkins she says lick this off lick this off i'm commanding you 
There's no napkins at the salsa stand, which faux pas on the the taco truck. Like you're going to need napkins at the salsa stand. Otherwise, you're going to have splotches like everywhere. Oh, yeah. And in like the hot beach sun. Ooh, that's a recipe for stickiness. Oh, yeah. But she can't lick it off her own finger because it's picante, which is what Marissa likes. And she just got her nails done. And she can't wipe it on her clothes, I guess. So all that's left is for Seth to lick her finger. (laughs) And also probably get a mouthful of nail polish as well, right? Well, I assume it. It's dried. Yeah, like I didn't quite understand how her nail polish would have been ruined by the salsa because unless it's like fucking like nuclear hot salsa (laughs) and it'll just melt through human skin. But no, her nails would have been dried at this point. (laughs) Uh, I think she just wanted Seth to lick her finger. Oh, yeah. Well, and then we also (laughs) know that she wants to get invited to this party this so is a good prob- end, yeah. She's probably kind of throwing the throwing the chum out, you know, yeah. throwing the bait out for him. And, you know, she's she's got to know. She doesn't know, like, to the level that he's obsessed with her. But she's he, like, she, she can infer can that get, he's into her. I can probably get this guy to lick my finger. Sure. So, yeah, she wants Seth to invite her to Caleb's party. She knows that Caleb's Seth's granddad. And this is the beginning of my issue with Summer in this episode. It's like, since when is she, like, all about status and money? Like, she seems like a little Julie Cooper in this episode. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, I thought she was just, like, wanted to party. She's rich herself. Like, Right. I mean, I think that's the the Newport Beach way is, like, and it sucks you know and it was 2003 i don't know what it's like now there's no (laughs) teen dramas to my knowledge that take place in orange county right now but yeah it it seems like the mindset in 2003 was like you you grow up there you marry some rich dude who lives there and now you're a noopsie yeah yeah and you get to wear matching outfits on retreats with all the other noopsies Mm-hmm. Like Power Rangers. Um, so Seth's like, do you want to go with me because you want to go with me? Or do you just want to go? And she gives him a look like, what do you think? And he's like, fair enough. <laughs> like, That's another thing is is like, and by no means am I uh, sticking up for Summer. I also find her behavior to be somewhat reprehensible in this episode. But <laughs> From the jump, like, Seth is aware of, like, she's using me to talk to, like, rich, young banker dudes. But he doesn't give a shit. He just licked her finger, and uh, he'll do whatever she says. Yeah, all all over that. Yeah. Uh, So then we cut to Sandy and Kirsten's bedroom with Sandy and Kirsten. Um, Sandy walks in in a suit. Kirsten's, like, in her, like, gown, like a robe. And I was thinking, like, for someone who works so hard, she's just, like, doing a lot of chilling and drinking in this episode. (laughs) She doesn't seem like that hard a worker because obviously it's a weekday. Sandy's, like, getting home from the office. Yeah. And she's just, like, hanging out. I guess when when your dad comes back in town. I'm I'm getting demoted. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she's like, I guess I have fewer responsibilities now, so I'm just going to chill at the house. But, uh, man, Sandy comes in, and he is fired up about Kirsten quitting. He And, and it, it's kind of nice because we get a little bit of their backstory here, a little more mm-hmm. of their history together. Sandy's like, man, I've been thinking about it all day. You quit working for your dad. We get to move back to Berkeley in that old house. And she's like, that house had like termites and bad plumbing. He's like, it's a fixer upper, but we never got to fix it up. And we'll get to do that now. And then uh, he's like, uh, Seth would be totally cool with it. He hates it here. He's been planning his escape since we moved here. Ryan wouldn't give a shit because Ryan's like happy to be anywhere but jail. Um, (laughs) He's like, he says that uh, you could like, you could open that art gallery and put your art history degree to use. Like I didn't even know Kirsten had an art history degree. I didn't Mm -hmm. know she was even interested in art. She's just been like in the world of real estate this whole time. And I'm like, Oh man, that's really cool. They met at Berkeley. And like, he was this budding young, like uh, law school student who was just, you know, trying to do humanitarian work as a public defender. And she was like this like rich girl who was like going for her art history. I'm like, Oh man, I love this. I I think please move back to Berkeley. (laughs) Like, Well, because yeah. And we like, cause I just assumed it was like, yeah, they, they went to Berkeley and then when they graduated, she was like, I'm going to go back to Newport because I have this job with my dad's company and we can make a lot of money. And Sandy was like, I love you. So let's do that. But we do find out that, yeah, they, they were living in Berkeley and even like Seth was born there. And yeah. then they moved back because Kirsten's mom got sick. Right. And, it was supposed to be temporary. Always, yeah, it was supposed to be a temporary thing, which I don't think we ever find out. Not that it really matters, but that what her mom had, if it was like cancer or whatever, but we do know that she got sick and then is no longer with us. Yeah. 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 I assume it was cancer or something, but yeah, they, they, they don't really talk about her mom that much, but you do get, we do get a few glimpses of who she was in this episode, which sounds like she was a little, a little bit of a hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she, was, she and Sandy she was Cohen. Fun. She was fun. Sounds like she and Sandy Cohen would have gotten along rather well. Um, but if, so Sandy's like, like dreaming big. Kirsten's just like, I can't. She just like is stuck. And Sandy's like, just think about it. <laughs> like it's all he could do. It's all he could do. And I'm I'm so team Sandy on this one, man. Caleb sucks. And Kirsten, you know, she's been demoted. She seems miserable. And yeah, like, go back to Berkeley. I feel like you guys will be happier there. But you know mm-hmm. what? It's the logical choice. And we wouldn't have a TV show if that happened. So obviously it's not going to happen. Gotta, gotta stay. Somebody has to stay at the Newport group. We, as the show goes on, Kirsten leaves the Newport group. And then Sandy starts working at the Newport group. There's always somebody that somebody Cohen uh, in the Cohen family is usually in charge of the Newport group. Yeah. And, it's the cross and to it bear. Usually, it usually uh, lines up with like the, like when they're at their worst, like yes. when Sandy's running the Newport group, we're like, who the fuck? This isn't my Sandy Cohen. I'm yeah. just the fun guy. It sucks your soul out working there. Yep. 
Um, so then we cut to Marissa's room with Marissa and Summer, and they're like getting ready for the party, I guess. And um, Summer starts by like by like holding up a dress and being like, "Is this too slutty to wear to like an old man's birthday party?" Uh, I don't know how to answer that question, Summer. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my thought is, if you have to ask that. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, Marissa's like, I can't believe you're going with Seth, which is kind of a burn on Seth. I thought like Marissa and Seth were cool at this point. Am I wrong? Mm, is he still I, the dorky they kid are, next But door? I think it's a, a matter of her thinking that Summer would want to go with Seth. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Summer being who she is at this point. Doesn't make a lot of sense. She would want to go with Seth. That's right. true. Um, and this is where Summer drops the Caleb is the Donald Trump of the West, which make, makes me wonder. Like I forget, I forget like what people thought about Donald Trump before he was president. You know what I mean? Like two thousand and three, like, he was still kind of a fun. Like he was hosting The Apprentice. Okay. So. But like, we had how did we no regard thoughts him? of him ever being a politician? It was just right. like, oh, he's this rich guy, like real estate guy. Everybody. OK, yeah. So he's always been associated with like wealth. And like this is a man of like who has a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of influence, I guess. Mm -hmm. And a reality TV show. But he was kind of like. He was kind of a joke still, right? Like people Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People were still like, get a load of this this fucking like rich asshole. He had like, a isn't he funny? He yeah. wasn't he wasn't uh frightening to the average person. Because we were just like, <laughs> oh no, he's just some fucking crazy rich dude. He wasn't influencing national policy <laughs> exactly. in a pandemic. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, he was just like a silly fun reality star. Mm-hmm. He'd been in the public spotlight for a long... I remember his cameo in Home Alone 2. So he had been, like, in the public eye for a long time, but... Yeah. As just... As someone who would make a cameo in the Ritz-Carlton in New York in a comedy, just, like, passing through. Right. That's the extent to, to which you want Donald Trump in your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the comparison now as if someone was, like... um so-and-so is like the Elon Musk of whatever. You just associate them with like being rich. Right. And then, you know, in 20 years, if Elon Musk is the president and he's, uh, you know, doing everything, everything wrong to address a global pandemic, then we'll be like, man, it was crazy that that show was making like Elon Musk jokes. And yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. At the, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I just like, it's just fun. It was just like a fun thought exercise to be like, oh yeah, in 2003, like this is what America thought of Donald Trump and like how much that has changed in 2020. Up until he got elected, we all thought he was a joke. And then yeah. he got elected and we we're all like, really? The joke became, the comedy became a horror. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she's like, Caleb's the Donald Trump of the West. So money, wealth, power, influence. She says, 
you know how many hot investment bankers in their 20s will be there? To which I'm like, what are you looking for, a husband? Are you pulling a Gabrielle right now? Like, <laughs> you're 16. Like, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just like, have fun being a high schooler. Like, what, like her, her motivations here were, like, entirely beyond me. Like, I, I couldn't understand, like, why she was why like this was her mission now to like find a guy in his 20s who's rich yeah where the fuck no, did I this get, come it's from? like it's that it's that noopsy uh sort of you assume your role in newport kind of thing and yeah you know but it's like it's caleb's weird. gonna he's gonna have another birthday like next year and the year after that like just wait till you're ready for a suitor if this is how you want to play the game and then uh and, yeah, then, also, and then make this if any, move. If any uh, young, hot, in their 20-something uh, business investors are uh, pursuing you as a minor, you know what happens to all their money? Uh, if they get caught, it goes away. And yeah. they go to jail because you're underage. You don't get any of it, Summer. Yeah. It's a bad time to play this, play this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just hang out with Seth. He's a nice boy. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Marissa's like, isn't that kind of mean to Seth to, like, go there just to do that? And then Summer's like, who? (laughs) Uh, Kidding. Obviously, I remember who Seth is. And I'm just like, fuck you, Summer. (laughs) Like, like you're being really shitty right now. Yeah. Just playing this poor boy who's pining over you so you can get with some 20... Something douchebag investment big like fuck. What do you care? So then we cut to the Cohen's dining room. This is the scene that I I, I really like. This scene it gets kind of heated, but it it's played out and it's it's like masterfully I think kind of like directed and acted and played out. So yeah, um, it's the Cohen's dining room. It's it's everybody. It's it's Caleb. It's Gabrielle. It's the Cohen's. It's Ryan. Uh, they're all there eating takeout, <laughs> of course. Um, and Caleb's like. You'll have more time to cook, Kirsten, you know, with now that you're demoted. <laughs> and then uh, Seth goes, wow, mom can't even make cereal. And then they, Kirsten and Seth have this little like, love you, son. I love you, mom. <laughs> like, it's like this little kind of snarky it's kind really, of exchange that they have. That I really like uh, Kirsten gets up to like take her, take the plates to the kitchen or whatever. And um, and yeah, Kirsten exits and, and Caleb's like, um you know, I'm surprised you're not better at skirt chasing with that wit of yours, Seth. Yeah, because Seth, always quick with the wit. Surprised yeah. you're not better at chasing skirts. And um, <laughs> Seth's like, I think by skirts you mean girls? He says, uh, this is like the only time like somebody calls out this sort of antiquated way of speaking where Seth is like, uh, uh, your outdated cowboy speak, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Despite your outdated cowboy speak, uh, Summer actually asked me to go to your birthday party again. It's like prom. It's like who are you taking to Caleb's birthday party? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so strange. It's like I live here. I'm just gonna. Be, I'm just gonna be in my room playing video games. Like I don't care about your party, old man. Mm, it's the who's who of Newport. Thinking about think about going to like one of your grandparents' birthday parties, and just feel like 
All right, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to eat some meals. I'm going to say hi. I'm going to chat for a minute with the family. And then I'm going to get out of there because yeah. that's what grandparents' birthday party like. It's not like a wild rager them, where I want to bring a date. Yeah, I'm going to give them the mug that I got them that says, you know, Best go New York Giants because yeah. he likes the New York Giants. And that's it. Then I'm out. Yeah, no, but this is Caleb Nickel and this is Newport Beach. This is the event of the year. <laughs> Besides Cotillion, that was also the event of the year. Yes. Every episode, it's the event of the year. Um, and so, <laughs> so Seth reveals that Summer asked him to go to the party. Sandy's like, Summer? Summer's hot? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, Dad, just get leave. Please get out of here. Which would be creepy if we didn't know... For a hundred percent, that the only reason that uh, Sandy's doing that is because it's gonna make his son uncomfortable. Yeah, and he's oh, just 100%. like he's just fucking with Seth. Yeah, it's like him saying, uh, "Salting your game." It's like he doesn't he doesn't under really understand what he's saying, but he knows that it'll embarrass his son. Right, <laughs> and so that's why he does it. And you gotta love it. Yeah, it's so it's so innocent when he says it, guys. Don't worry, Sandy's not a creep. <laughs> he does he does get up uh after he says summer's hot he like gets yeah. up to take more dishes to help kirsten and seth is like dad that's gross just go and he turns and before he goes into the kitchen he goes you go yes <laughs> oh i love that so much this is why this is like my favorite scene in the show <laughs> or in the episode but you go you, you go, go. <laughs> Dude, it's, Peter Gallagher was having so much fun being Sandy at this in this dinner table scene. Loved it. Oh boy. So so Sandy leaves, and so now it's just Caleb, Gabrielle, Ryan, and Seth sitting at the table. And Gab Gabby says, What about you, Ryan? And Ryan's like, I'm just gonna go solo. Marissa's, you know, going with Luke, so I'm just gonna be flying solo tonight at the part or tomorrow night at the party i assume it's tomorrow night because they're having dinner um <laughs> it's a late party yeah and so and so gabrielle and ryan exchange like this really like hot look at each other <laughs> where they're just like they're for just like i fucking each other yeah for a long time and seth is like his eyes are like wide. He notices the shit out of this. They're like he's darting back and forth. And then it cuts over to Caleb and he's just like pouring, like emptying a wine bottle into his glass. More wine. Yeah, like he is completely I was wondering oblivious. how much wine he was putting in his glass because they're staring daggers at each other for like 15 seconds. And he's just like, he's like emptying blah, 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 a bottle. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to the uh, Cohen's kitchen with Sandy and Kirsten. And, uh, Sandy's like, hey, Caleb's polished off his second bottle of wine. Now might be a good time to tell him, you know, you know. And then Caleb enters. He's like, tell me what? And uh, and so this is where Sandy's like, Kirsten wants to quit. And we want to move back to Berkeley. And then Caleb's like, are you, are you on the pot again? Are you smoking pot again? And then as he's saying that, Seth's walking in, like bringing his plate to the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what, dad, you smoke pot? 
And then, and then Kirsten's like, Seth, we're having a conversation. You need to get out. He's like, okay. And as Seth is walking out, he's like, hey, Ryan, guess who's a stoner? <laughs> like, I love that so much. Just like, and it sounds like he's off mic while he's saying it. So it sounds like it's like kind of in the background, kind of yelling that as he walks away. It's so good. So many like good little moments little, of dialogue in this things. scene. Yeah. Something and, about that. Something about that doorway. You mm-hmm. walk through it, you got you got a nice little line that you say. Yep. That's a magical one-liner <laughs> doorway. <laughs> so uh Sandy's like, Kirsten's afraid of you. Uh that's why she like I like I had to say this because she was never going to tell you because she she's afraid of you, dude. And uh Caleb tells tells him to shut up, basically. He's like, shut the fuck up, Sandy. And Sandy's like, you're not gonna talk to me. Like that in my house. And then Caleb's like, oh, is this your house? Because last I checked, I bought it and I own this house. And then Kirsten stepped. This is why it's a good conversation because it's like everything they're saying is like quick and jabby. And it's like stuff you as the audience already know. So it's like you're just finally hearing them kind of like hash all this stuff out. And Kirsten's like, dad, stop. And then. I'm just like, yeah, this is a good argument. And then we cut back to the dining room and you can hear the conversation still going on in the kitchen, like in the background. But now we're with Ryan and Seth and Gabby and they're all just kind of looking at each other like, hey, let's (laughs) let's get the fuck out of here. Like shit's getting real in there. So like they decide to bail and then we go back to the kitchen and um, and and Caleb's like, you want to quit? Fine. I expect your resignation in the morning. Let's get more wine. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's crazy how he can just like. What does he think that bottle of wine is going to be like? You think they're just going to like you're going to play parcheesi now and just like pretend like that didn't just happen? Yeah, it's because they don't leave immediately the way that you would think. You know, if you got into an argument with somebody, you would just be like, "Fine, we're going." But he's yeah. like. No, we're going to drink. Uh, I'll get your resignation tomorrow morning, but get that bottle of wine and we're going to sit and look at each other for another half an hour or so. Yeah. And just be pissed off at each other. That's because that's how that's got to be like a that's got to be in Donald Trump's book (laughs) or something like the art of the deal. Like never like never be the first person to leave (laughs) an (laughs) argument like (laughs) demand more wine, whatever. Yeah, this dickhead. Um, so <laughs> we cut to the pool house, and it's Ryan, Seth, and Gabby, and and the the boys are reading comics, and Gabby's like playing a Nintendo DS or something, and she's like, "This game sucks." Like, I, I love how she's just like a kid. Like, she's just like, I mean, it's I thought weird. she was, I thought she was like on her phone, and then yeah. like the camera's kind of like slowly panning into the room, and you realize that like she's playing a, a handheld video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's just playing Game Boy. Um, because you know, she's like the age where you you do that (laughs) again. She's not with the adults in this scene, right? She's hanging out with the kids. Right. And so it's like, um, you're playing the pirate game. Like Ryan, why do you play the pirate game? Like it's ninjas and pirates with these guys. Uh, but then, uh, he's like, I'll go get pro skater three. It's like, yeah, you know, that game's tight. And so, uh, Seth, yeah, pro skater three. I guess Ryan, maybe Ryan has the PlayStation out in the in the pool. Like, how are they playing Pro Skater Three? That's not on a handheld. 
Well, I assume they they maybe by the third one they had like a a handheld version, Uh, you know, like a like a Nintendo DS version of it. Maybe Maybe? I don't know. Regardless, he also also didn't say. He also didn't say Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. It could have been somebody (laughs) else's. Chad Muska's Pro Skater Three. I don't know. So then, yeah, Seth exits, and so now we're just left with Gabby and Ryan in the pool house, and um, and. This is where Gabby kind of talks about her relationship with Caleb to Ryan. Ryan reading uh, Azrael DC comic, which yes. is uh, a character who had a few different uh, arcs in, in comics, but he's always associated with Batman. And okay. I found it interesting that without even knowing it, they were foreshadowing that uh, Ben McKenzie would be Commissioner Gordon (gasps) in Gotham. Wow. That's amazing. I bet if you told Ryan Atwood that one day he would be Commissioner Gordon, he'd be like, (sighs) no way. I gotta gotta tell Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Seth's gonna freak when he hears this. (laughs) Um, See, guys, again, that's the kind of insight you're not getting on the normal OC podcast. That's true. Only on Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Yeah, like and review and subscribe on (laughs) iTunes or whatever. That's Uh, it for this episode. See you later. (laughs) Just kidding. We have another two hours. Yep. Uh, So Gabby says, you know, every to Caleb, every relationship is a business one. And this this makes so much sense because this is how Caleb treats Kirsten. This is how Caleb's treating his relationship with Gabby. I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of like a what can you do for me? like transactional very kind of cold and and uh and kind of influenced by power that's how Caleb kind of treats everything um she says that Caleb only ever loved one lady and she's dead now which you know obviously it's Kirsten's mom mm-hmm. um and so she's like I'm just entertaining him that's like we have an understanding <laughs> as we mentioned earlier um and uh, as she's saying all of this, she's like, she has a comic book in her hands and she is just like, she's not even looking at it. She's just like flipping through the comic, like, like kind of fanning the pages, <laughs> but yeah. not even ever Doesn't looking matter. at it. It's like, okay, I guess you don't want to read comics. And then, uh, and then Gabby says like, he's, he's just, you know, like I'm with him cause he's trying to keep himself from being bored. It's like, don't we all get a little bored sometimes? And she's like macking super hard on Ryan. And then she just straight up like runs her hand up his thigh, like straight up to his dick pretty much. And like, boom, they're like making out. It is, it is steamy, man. I'm just like, I'm like, Ryan's like, Marissa who? (laughs) Well, because Marissa can't make a decision and uh, Gabrielle is making a decision. Oh, like, yeah. She, and she has decided she's going after Kid Chino. Going after this 17-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> so then you hear, so they're like making out. It's hot and heavy. And then off screen, you hear Caleb like, Gabby, we're leaving. And I'm like, as he's saying that, I'm thinking like, isn't the pool house just like all windows? <laughs> Like, you think Caleb poked his head out and saw that? I think, I mean, there's blinds. Or were they uh, drawn? Probably not. 
But again, <laughs> he he doesn't really give that. He doesn't give. He probably shit. didn't even like look out there. He just like opened up the door and was like still like had his head in the. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Shogun one, yeah. or maybe he did see it and he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. We have an arrangement. We have an arrangement. So yeah, and then uh, and then as she's leaving, Gabrielle says, "Well, back to the office." I'm just like, that's the second episode in a row that they've made that joke. Oh yeah, Marissa went to the office, which is the beach. Yeah, (laughs) and Ryan's like, "I got gotta gotta head into the office," and it's Uh. not even. Not technically an office, it's a restaurant. It's it's everybody's, a good joke. He's got when an it's, office. Yeah, it's a good joke when it's not an actual office you're going to. Right. That's when that joke works. <laughs> so, um beep bop bee. Uh then we dip to commercial and then we open back up on the Cohen's pool. And this is this is our remember we said every episode there's like an art shot. This is our art shot for this episode. The camera's like a bird's eye, like top down looking down into the pool and Seth and Ryan are kind of like um, they're both on floats next to each other and the camera's like spinning around. I thought it was spinning maybe a little too fast. It was a little disorienting, but yeah, especially, yeah, because it's not like their dialogue was like quick and snappy. Yeah. And like, they were like pointing guns at each other. No, yeah. Just sitting (laughs) in pool floats. Casually talking, and <laughs> and the camera's like pushing in and spinning around and stuff. They were like and, a like a yin yang, but they were just they're like both yin-yang. like kind of pasty white dudes, so they're yeah. just like a yin yin, <laughs> yin and yin. <laughs> and uh, and so Seth is kind of putting the whole Ryan Gabby situation together at this point, and uh, like he's like. Come on, man. Like, you're, you're not fooling anybody. She went to the crab shack over sailing. Uh, and she, Ryan's like, maybe she just doesn't like sailing. And he's like, fair point. Uh, but then you guys <laughs> had crazy eye contact at dinner. And then he, Seth says she was mad dogging you at yes. the dinner table. Was it not the previous episode where Donnie says... That Luke was mad dogging him, which means to it like was, insult it was, him. It wasn't Luke. It was uh, the other kids that were like making fun of him for being the bus boy. The bus boy. Right. Yeah. He's like, these guys are mad dogging me. So Donnie, the server who pulled the gun and shot Luke. Uh, yes. He thinks that the kids at, or the kids at the party are like snickering at him and making fun of him. And he gets pissed and he says, these guys are mad dogging me. Like these guys are are insulting me yeah and, and we pointed out yeah mad dogging that's cool that's yeah, a cool that's, term that's a we're fun gonna start word. using that in our day-to-day lives we thought we knew what it meant but here we are the very next episode and mad dogging means something completely different in this it means episode like the opposite it means like she's like undressing you with her eyes like that's that's what yeah. mad dogging means i guess uh maybe it's like uh like aloha it has multiple meanings. <laughs> it means I hate you and I love you. <laughs> yeah. I look down on you because of your job or I want to bone you in the pool house. It's all contextual mm-hmm. mad dogging. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a, I'm glad you noticed that too. <laughs> that threw me for a loop. Um, and then 
And then Seth says to him, uh, and then when we were in the pool house, she sat on the bed with you when there was clearly an empty seat next to the bed. And so, yeah, Seth's using all these context clues, being very astute and realizing. Gabrielle is not being very subtle. Like (laughs) totally hundred percent. Like all you have to do is have two eyes to see that like she's into Ryan and Ryan's not necessarily like dismissive of her advances. Um, So then Kirsten pops in and she's like, guys, the caterers are here. We need to get ready for the party. Um, And then then it cuts back to Ryan and Seth and Ryan's like, we hooked up. Just straight up tells Seth. (laughs) Seth's just like, oh my God. It's like, you hooked up with my grandma? I like that he keeps calling her his grandma. Yeah, I do too. She's not, but it's really funny that he is like making, going out of his way to call this this, uh, woman who's younger than his mom his grandma. Yeah, and I also like that Seth's like, that's awesome. Like, he's not like, how dare you do that to my grandfather, the noblest of men. Like, he doesn't deserve that. They truly love each other. It's like, no, Seth's got it figured out. He, he's got their number. He's just like, like, he's just like dude, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Seth's like, well, what about Marissa? And Ryan's just kind of like, what about her? <laughs> like, she's with Luke. Like, that's that. Sorry. I want to hook up with this this super hot girl that's really into me. Can you blame him? I don't. Nope. I'm like, go on, Ryan. Uh, so Marissa then we- doesn't have a theme song whenever she walks into the room. No, no. She, all, all, all that's consistent with Marissa in this episode is that every scene that she's in ends with her being like, <laughs> just like full angst, uh, indecisiveness. Right. Uh, so finally, guys. It's the big event. It's time for Caleb's birthday party. Black Eyed Peas is playing. Yeah, the R word version <laughs> let's, of let's, let's get, get it started. It started. Um, how old do you think Caleb's turning on this birthday? Ooh, good question. Let's see. Uh, Houston is not yet 40. Right. I was no. thinking like mid to late 30s for Kirsten. I want to say she's probably like 38. Cool. Because I know she has her 40th birthday in, I think it's like season three. So um, let's say she's 38 and he is. How old do you think Caleb was when he had Kirsten? Who's his eldest daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was probably like, people had kids when they were way younger back then. That's uh, true. But you also have to consider if Caleb came from like a poor background and like built up this empire, like how much time did he spend doing that as opposed to raising family? Or did he like have Kirsten and then he was just kind of like absent while the mom raised Kirsten? I don't know. But I'm yes, going to say I, that I'm, he was 31 when he had Kirsten okay. and this is his, 69. Oh, hell yeah, man. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. That's why. So that's why everybody's trying to bring a date to this party. Because it's going to get 
fucking sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how 69 year olds' birthdays are. Dude, yeah, it's a big 6'9, baby. <laughs> Um, I, I would, I would guess he's like, it's around 60. It seems like a big party. Like, obviously it's a big party, but, um, but like, why is the party so big? But they never say a number. Mm-hmm. They never say like, there's no balloons that say six zero on them or anything, but, and he does look a little bit older, but I'm, I'm just guessing 60, throwing that out okay. there. And you're guessing six, 69? Yes. okay final Uh, answer yeah do you want to we can we can figure it out real quick okay um alan well we can get a ballpark alan dale was born in 1947 and this show takes place in 2003 so that would make his his fifty sixth birthday. Ah, boo! Which, yeah, that's not a sexy number at all. Also, if he's fifty six, that means he was how old when he had Kirsten? If she's she's thirty eight, she, she. I mean, if he's playing fifty six, she might be playing like thirty six. That's like kind of the Homer Simpson. That's kind of like the default age of like um, the parents in like a a show. For TV mm-hmm. usually, um, so but if that's the case, yeah, he was twenty when he had Kirsten, which I do not believe. So yeah, I would go. I would aim a little higher for for Caleb Nichols' birthday. Man, two more years, I can play a parent in a TV show. How cool is that, dude? Man, yeah, you 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 stop going out for the uh, the like teenager role, and now you can <laughs> go for the you can go for the Peter Gallagher role. You could be the next yes! Peter Gallagher. <laughs> Um, so we're at the party. We, well, first you have to pass the audition. You have to carry a case of wine in one hand. <laughs> I'm out. Like, I'm like, can I use two hands? And they're like, absolutely not. No, sir. That, we won't allow that. Can you this... look like you just went surfing? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Oh, I could definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're at Caleb's party. Um, Kirsten is like scrambling. She's like, is this the right wine? Oh, is this the right food? Like, she's just like a ball of nerves at this part. She's like the 74. That's his favorite. Yeah. It's like some super expensive It's like a Dom Perignon or something. It's like, yeah, it's like crazy. Like his favorite is the most expensive. Whatever the most expensive bottle of wine you can find, that's his favorite. Yep. Um, If it comes (laughs) in a box, if it comes in a box with like hay, yeah, a wooden box with hay in it. <laughs> He'll drink it. Um, and so uh, even th- she says that she's talking to Sandy. And, she, she, you know, he's like, everything looks perfect. Everything's great. And then she's like, even though you tried to sabotage this party, I'm like, that's kind of harsh. I think Sandy was trying to necessarily sabotage anything he was just trying to like set you free dude like give him a break yeah i think because they had sort of discussed it but she hadn't for sure been like yes that's what i want to do it's more like this is sandy's idea and she doesn't like hate it, with it but yeah. she hasn't been like yes i want to do that and, he's and they didn't kind like of, come up he's with kind a of game pushing plan. it 
faster than she wants to. Yeah, I, I get you. I get you, but I still don't think that's like he's trying to he's not trying to sabotage the party. No. He's just trying to sabotage her relationship with her dad. <laughs> which is <laughs> totally <fine>. different. <laughs> um so Caleb and Gabby enter the party through the front door. Um Kirsten greets them. She says, sorry about the other night. Caleb's like, it's cool. Just let me know when you plan on quitting. He's just all business, baby. And then, um, and he does this two different times in this in this scene where he is like talking to her and then he looks off and then like holds his arm up like he sees somebody. Yeah, like, oh, and hey. He's like, hey. And then he What's like up, walks you towards, guy? <laughs> he like walks towards that person. And when right. he does it the first time, I remember thinking, I don't think I've ever done that. Like, yeah. ever. Hey. And he does it twice. Coming, coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's very. Hey, I'm on my like, way over to I talk to you. I bet there was you. nobody waving at him. He was just like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. So I want to pretend like somebody wants my attention over there. Yeah, it's a, it's again, it's a power move that you Big can time. read about in Art of the Deal. Yep. <laughs> so we cut to the backyard and Gabrielle immediately goes up to Ryan and starts like feeding him a cherry. <laughs> Ryan's just like, what the fuck? You want to get caught? Are you trying to get caught right now? And she's just like, find me later. Mm. And then she takes off. And uh, then we cut to the foyer and uh, Julie, Marissa, Luke and Summer all come into the party together. I'm like, wow, this is this is why they have these big events. So it's like all of these all of these storylines that have been building separately can all converge at this one thing and something something crazy is going to happen. But again, if you think about it, it's like, why are any of those people there? I guess Summer technically got invited by, by Seth, Seth. But it's like, why is Julie Cooper there? Because she's married to the Jim. daughter of the guy whose birthday it is friend. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so fucking weird, man. I mean, they live next door. It's not far. <laughs> it's a who's who of Newport. Yeah. You're, who are the like, other 150 people? I take it back. It's, it's flawless, <laughs> flawless uh, planning. I mean, it's just, yeah, you just want to get all the characters in a room together so they can they can hash it out. Um, so, yeah, they, they all walk in and Marissa kind of like under her breath says like, I wish dad came. To the party, Jimmy, who, you know, actually knows Caleb and stuff. And uh, and then Julie says, why? So you can break up another brawl? I'm like, Marissa didn't break up shit. Who are you talking to right now, Julie? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. Yes. When Jimmy shows up to things, there's usually a fight. <laughs> but uh, why are you why are you lording that over Marissa? Um. Yeah, I didn't get that. But anyway, Seth enters and he's like, hey, Summer, Marissa, Luke, hey, everybody. And then uh, Luke is so nice to Seth. Yep. He's like, he's like, good to see you, dude. You have a beautiful house. Like he's acting very much like he's like a salesman who's like schmoozing somebody to get him to buy a car or something like right. this your is where house, I'm just, it's beautiful. Let me ask you, but what's your insurance like? Yeah. Could it be better? <laughs> What's your what kind of rate you got right now, man? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just getting real. I'm just getting real, talking about 
Talking about homeowner's insurance. Yeah, it's, and again, like, I'm believing that Luke has genuinely, like, turned at this point. Like, he's given Mm us, we've got no indication that he has ulterior motives or whatever. He's just like, think he's a good guy now, I guess. So, but it it is, he is kind of, like, boring. He is, like, so nice that he's kind of boring. (laughs) It's just like, that's fine. Whatever, Luke. And so, uh... And so, like, they take off, and it's just Seth and Summer, and, and Seth, Seth says, Hey, I thought he got shot in the arm, not the head. <laughs> it's just, like, this drastic change, which is a good, a great point to bring up. It's, like, right. this drastic change in character could only be bought, brought about by, like, shooting out the douchebag part of his brain. Yeah, or, like, he has amnesia, where he's like, yeah. Hi, I'm Luke. <laughs> What's your name, Seth? You seem like a really nice guy. Do you want to be friends? Like, yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> And then Summer's like, come on, show me off. And I'm just like, fuck, get, quit objectifying yourself, Summer. Yeah. You're better Again, than this. Again, it's, it's, uh, she's, she makes the biggest, uh, the biggest turnaround. Cause she really is so terrible in these, these first couple episodes. I know. I can't wait for, for the turn to happen. Cause I, I really can't stand her at this point. Yeah. Um, so then it's, 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 this sequence reminded me a lot of Casino Night, where it's just a lot of like, you know, like two characters interact for a moment, then the camera like swish pans over and you see other characters like start a bit of dialogue. Like it's just all kind of like happening simultaneously. It feels like there's a lot of energy going on in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so They're, then we see they, yeah. they do a good job of, of, yeah, of pacing out scene, like party scenes. Mm hmm. Like it's their can, forte, man. They end every yeah. episode with one. They've had a lot of practice at this point, but yeah, yeah. They, they do a good job of getting you a, like, here's what they're doing. This is what these people are doing. This is what's going on over here. And it's always feels very balanced in yeah. a nice way. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so then we see Ryan walk in and he sees Luke and Marissa hanging out together and Luke kind of like, you know, brushes Marissa's hair with her fingers on some kind of indicator that they're like there together. Mm. And then Ryan just kind of like storms off. He's just kind of like, fuck. Um, And uh, I was, I noted that Marissa does a good job here. Seeming like she's fine with Luke. Like she's, she's like, this is, this is okay. Like she's not like super into him, but she's not super like not into him. She's just kind of like, She's doing a good job just kind of indicating like, well, this is this is how it is now. Just me and Luke but again, together yeah, again. And and she's used to it. Like they said they've been together since like fifth grade. So yeah. you yeah. know, it's what it's what she's comfortable with, basically. Right. So then we see um Summer and Seth talking to some guy who's in finance, because that's what Summer wants to do here. Uh and Summer's like really into him and Seth is being nice, but he's also just really like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what, like you're talking about acquisitions and mergers and I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm a 17 year old boy. No, thank you. And Summer's like feigning interest, you know, the whole time. Uh, then we cut over to Sandy and Kirsten and they're in the, their bedroom kind of like away from the party. Kirsten is Sandy walks into the Kirsten is fucking great Gatsbying this party that she's <laughs> she threw and she's like in the bedroom by herself drinking champagne like watching yeah. the party happen yeah 
Oh, it's a great Gatsby. That's a good one. Um, yeah, she's upset at Sandy because he spoke for her. And um, Sandy's like, isn't this what we wanted? I thought we had a discussion about this. And and she was like, yes, but we moved. She, she says, we moved here for us, not for dad, is what she says. I thought they moved there for her mom, who was sick. Yeah. That's what they said earlier. Right. But now she's saying, see, this is this is an issue I had. Because now maybe she's was, saying... Maybe it was they moved there for the mom, but then essentially we're like, we could stay here and have a pretty cushy life. You know, like we could live yeah. in this nice house and... You know, we wouldn't have to worry about money and right. And then, maybe. and then Kirsten's like, if this life living here is not what you want, Sandy, then this is a bigger conversation. I thought that Sandy made it abundantly clear that he yeah. did not like it there. In fact, his secret. Is that he kind of likes it there? <laughs> like, Sometimes that's his he secret. kind of likes it there. Yeah, yeah. He's been very outspoken about the the people who live there and how how he can't stand them and how yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm like, where's Kirsten? Where's Kirsten coming from with this? Like, it's, it's like when you get in a fight with your significant other, and at a certain point, you're like, what are we fighting about? Yeah, we're yelling at each other, but I don't know. What about? I think, yeah, I think we are on the same side here, but we're agreeing loudly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that yeah, that bit did not make sense to me, and I was just kind of yeah, I was kind of baffled by how Kirsten was just like turning it around on Sandy, like making it about her and him, mm -hmm. and just being like, she's just like, what you don't like, you don't like this life, you don't like. Newport Beach and said he's I've always said he would just be like no I've been saying this since we moved here I hate it I hate it here <laughs> Seth and hates you it here yeah and you don't like it either that's like what we talk about is how fucking ridiculous all this is that's why we're stoked to move back to Berkeley like what are you on dude put down the champagne key key <laughs> this is a weird scene but I think it's just because we don't like to see Sandy and Kirsten fight I really don't. <laughs> like, like, let's just guys, let's cut on. away. Let's cut away. Let's, let's see Ryan and Gabby hook up again. Let's, that's fine. This is all Caleb's fault. Can we just agree? <laughs> He's the one you need to unite the, and be you, mad yeah. at together. You guys need to stop infighting and go fight the real enemy, Caleb. <laughs> Nobody likes him. Um, yeah, that was just an odd moment. And then we cut to so cut to the backyard. And we're with uh, Julie and the Noopsies. They're all like gossiping, probably. And uh, Jimmy enters, of all people. And Julie is pissed to see him, her husband, at this party. The the, the Noopsie that Julie is talking to, because she Julie like has her back to the to the door, like to where Jimmy walks in, and the the, the Noopsie that uh, she's talking to like points and mouths. Is that Jimmy? In like a way that like almost in like like a like she's all that or like some movie where somebody gets like a makeover. Yeah. But 
He looks the exact same. Just regular old Jimmy. He's he's not wearing any sort of like crazy outfit. Like he's just dressed normal. And she's just like, is that Jimmy? Is that Jimmy Cooper? I hardly recognized him. (laughs) Since he doesn't have any money anymore. Yeah, he looks so different without money. He looks poor. (laughs) So uh, Julie like is pissed and she like runs over to Jimmy and she's like, what are you doing here? And Jimmy's kind of like, I was going to ask Caleb for a job. Like he loves me. I dated his daughter. I'm in love with his daughter. As you know, he, he even brings like, it he up. He wanted me to, pro- he wanted yeah. me to propose to her when I was a junior or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Jimmy can't, can't miss an opportunity to bring that up. Um, and Julie's like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> like, I don't want you, like you, the my husband, the criminal, to to ask the most powerful man in Newport for a job. Like, this is not gonna look good for me. Obviously, that's all she cares about. <clears throat> so he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. He takes off. Then we go to the and bath. Doesn't he say something that's like, what's the worst that could happen? Or something that's oh. just like, what is he gonna do? Tell me no. It's like Every fucking thing that's happened to you so far in this show has been the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Why do you think that anything is going to be different? (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy, you don't have a great track record of taking chances on things. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe steer clear of this one. But I think he's just kind of, he's desperate. He wants to take care of his family and uh he sees he is, this yeah as, he is trying it? he does say yeah. like i'm gonna i'm trying to save this family it's a potential opportunity for him to kind of like get back on his feet go for it jimmy man i'm like yeah what is the worst that can happen <laughs> you get punched well, that already happened i mean those that that chart can't go much lower we saw the we saw the graft <laughs> yeah it would be going negative it would be going down through the bottom uh, so then we cut to the bathroom with Marissa and Summer. Um, and Summer is so excited about all the rich boys that are at this party. Why? Again, like, since when was this her character's motivation? Mm. Dunno. Um, some, and then Summer says that she was pulling for Luke over Ryan for Marissa. And then Marissa's like, you were? <laughs> Since when? And she's like, oh, I was going to tell you. It was just like Summer just backpedaling, like, fuck off. Um, she asks. Summer also wanted to hook up with Ryan herself for yeah. a few episodes. So maybe that's why. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, she asks Marissa if she and Luke have had sex yet. And Marissa's like, no. And Summer's kind of like. What are you waiting for? Like the like don't fucking peer pressure your friend into having sex. Like butt out. This isn't any of your business, Summer. Like Summer's just straight pissing me off in this moment. Yeah. Um, She's not she ain't she ain't getting the MVP this episode. I'll tell sorry, you. Sorry, Sum Uh then we cut to the pool house and Ryan's just like unbuttoned, just like chilling in his pool house. He's like done with a party. Um, he's listening to his iPod. Wait, we gotta. 
Is that the same iPod that Seth was listening to in the previous episode? Remember, he's like waiting for Ryan to get off work. You think they noted? Yeah, because it's that thick fuck. It's that big chunky big brick boy. iPod. Yeah, and either they both have one or they share one, uh, which I think is adorable. I hope they share one. Yeah, because. How much music does Ryan have on his iPod? Like the Journey's Greatest Journey. Hits album. That's all he's listening and, to. And that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dubstep hasn't come out yet, so. <laughs> all he's got is Journey. Um, so, who should enter but Gabrielle? And she's like, are you hiding from Marissa? And Ryan's just like, Pfft whatever you want me to be (laughs) she's like like posed in the doorway yeah yeah. again at this point the the blinds are pulled down oh they are still it's like somebody saw her go in there yeah certainly but you know whatever (laughs) so they start hooking up and boy are they hooking up this is a steamy scene her dread this is one of the Probably the steamiest uh, makeout scenes to date, right? In this, I, uh, in this aside show? from the one that's coming up between right. uh, Marissa and Luke, spoiler alert. But yeah, a lot of steam in this episode. Her, her dress very easy, very quickly goes from covering everything to not really covering anything. Like versatile dress. Is yes, what we call that. Yeah, the last episode had a literal steam room in it. And it doesn't have anything <laughs> on the steam we're seeing in this episode. It is. It also, is there is up. some like varied sort of like n- like late nineties porno music playing in the bed. Yeah. Like, Maybe that's what he was listening to on the iPod. <laughs> He's like, just think about having sex with that lady. <laughs> it's it's pretty much like pure moods, but it's there's just like a little bit more like beat to it. Yeah, it's a little groovier. <laughs> uh, so while they're hooking up, who should walk in to the pool house but Marissa Cooper, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and so, yeah, total boner killer. All right. <laughs> also, so, maybe Gabrielle, maybe lock that door when you're... I, if, yeah, you, you knew why you came in there. You just click that lock. You didn't come to play the pirate game some more. Yeah, you don't want Seth busting in being like, hey guys, I finally found Pro Skater 3. (laughs) It's like, nah. Nah. There's literally 150 people right outside the door. Consider locking it if you want to hook up with this miner. I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Or again, use one of the six guest rooms in the house. Yes. That we know exists and you can't tell us otherwise. You think they have like Sandy and Kirsten have like a sex swing room or something? <laughs> they're just like, they're like, they're like, how many? Uh, like, I'll just go stay in a guest room. Is this this one here? They're like, no, 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 no don't, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't no. open that door. <laughs> That's uh, we're we're uh, uh, uh it's, it's like boxes. We haven't we haven't fully unpacked, and uh, I'm it's embarrassing. So just don't, for the love of God, don't open that door. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. You know, I wonder. So yeah. Marissa's just like, sorry. And she, you know, bails. And then um, 
you know, Marissa's all sad and shit, and she just ru- she runs to Luke and starts like making out with him, and she's just like, let's let's leave, let's go, let's get out of here. Luke is like mid conversation with somebody, and Marissa like grabs his face, and he's like, hey babe, and they just start making out, and the person that he's talking to just like turns around and walks away. <laughs> it's such a weird. Oh, I mean, what would you do? I I mean, I would pull, well, I guess, did we have camera phones back then? <laughs> no, sure, I yeah, like, we'll also be like, oh, all right, nice talking to you, Luke. Yeah, like, well, what could Luke have been talking about? Well, I guess he has some stories. He's, He's like, yeah, and I got shot in the arm. Yeah, I yeah. totally changed my life. Now I'm, you know, volunteering and, uh, you know. I'm, I'm <laughs> I was heading down about, a dark path, but, I'm you recycling know. now, like, everything's <laughs> different. <laughs> So Luke's like, okay, cool, let's go. Uh, my parents are out of town. Uh, let's go to my place. She's like, sure, whatever. Uh, Ryan, they like get in Luke's truck, you know, and Ryan's like chasing after her, of course, because he's just like, oh wait, what? Why did you come in? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why he's always chasing after her. And then uh, it becomes uh, this thing, and uh, like the last, because they do have sex and. The show ends with her telling Ryan, you're too late. So it's like this whole thing is like, I got to stop them from having sex. Like, yeah. like he wants to be the one that takes her virginity. Not Which Luke. is weird. Yeah, I would think that like Ryan. It's a very strange thing. Like, like, why is it such a big deal? Like, I think Ryan's been banging since he was like 12, probably. Yeah, Ryan has had sex before, and Luke also has two, from from what we know. Oh yeah, like, Holly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird. Kind of, uh, it's like this MacGuffin, Marissa's virginity. Yeah, it's kind of like motivating all these boys. Um, Although not to pressure her into having sex before she's ready, but it's just it does. No, yeah, like exactly. They, like they're putting a lot of importance on this and ryan is like i gotta stop like do you think if if she had already if she wasn't a virgin anymore do you think he would be so intent on like chasing after the truck to stop them like it's i would hope so i mean like i i I honestly didn't think that that was why he was chasing after like i thought he just like wanted to like i you know I i think like Sex is is not the most important thing in this scenario. But then again, I'm not a 17 year old boy. Maybe sex is all that matters in this case. I guess like, I guess I'm looking too much into the "you're too late" that she oh, said. The, the, the "you're too late" line. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. I felt like like if I were Ryan and she said that, I would have just been like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> too late? What do you mean? I'm just trying to talk to you. Like, we haven't even kissed yet. Like, what are you?" I'm too late. Too late for what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably that would have gone right way over my head. Um, so then we go to so yeah, Ryan's chasing after Marissa and Luke take off in Luke's truck, and then we get um, another like oneer shot where they're kind of jumping around from character to character in the living room. We start with like Jimmy and Caleb walking and talking together, and then we the camera kind of stops on Seth and Summer. Uh, for a sec, for a beat, talking to like rich guy number two, and Seth is just like, 
visibly bored out of his mind right now. He's yeah. just like looking up at the ceiling with his mouth open, just like, what the fuck is going on? And yet he's still like sticking it out with Summer for whatever reason, even though she sucks, 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 sucks so bad. Uh, but then the camera keeps moving and we move over to, um, I believe, Caleb and Jimmy. And yeah, they're just like finishing up their conversations, like just like the good old days. Hey, <laughs> well, see you later, buddy. I uh, love you, dude. Bye. And then see somebody at yeah, the other points, end of the room. Points across the, the room. Hand. Yeah. And then uh, Julie approaches Jimmy and she's like, that looks like that went well. And Jimmy's like, yeah, 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 he's a great guy. He's not going to hire me. No, sorry. <laughs> the old bait and switch, Jimmy. Uh, and then Julie's like, starts to leave. Jimmy's like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to go finish what you started. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I guess she's going to go talk to Caleb or something and mm-hmm. try to get Jimmy a job. No, Julie's not going to do that. That's not how Julie operates. She's looking out for her and her kids. And she has a lot more success than Jimmy does because she ends up marrying Kayla. Yes, she's planting those seeds right now. She walks outside. She goes up to Caleb and she she gives this whole like kind of woe is me like, oh, I'm divorcing Jimmy. He lied to me and she's just like I don't know what I'm gonna do like uh, uh, I have no marketable skills <laughs> which is like stop downplaying yourself Julie you are probably the smartest person at this party and uh, and she's she like got, well she's street smart street smart and then she's like well I just wanted to say happy birthday and gives him like a real kind of like sensual kiss on the cheek and then uh and and Caleb's totally like taking the bait. He's just like, Whatever you need, I will I will help you. Let's get dinner. Uh, we will make it a business transaction. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie's just like, Cool. Doop doop doop. She's 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 little, good at this game. You're a little game. older. You're a little older than what I normally like, but I'll make an exception. Yeah, you seem like somebody I can actually talk to. I don't know. Somebody that I have more in common with, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Um, both, both of our hearts are full of hate. Yes. I don't see why we can't come to some, some sort of agreement. We could be a very powerful villainous couple <laughs> in this town. Uh, so then we cut by the pool and we see Seth kind of like sulking by himself. Um, Summer enters and she's like, hey, you need to introduce me to more dudes, more rich guys. <laughs> and Seth's like, uh, like, no, like. You can't just use me to talk to other rich guys. That's that's shitty. And uh, and then he, this is like this is actually a sweet moment. He he kind of makes his declaration of love to her. He he stands up and he's just like, those guys don't know you like I do. He's like, they don't know that when you were in third grade, you gave part of your lunch to that skinny squirrel because it was getting bullied by all the fat squirrels. And she's like, I love that little squirrel. And she's like, and and they don't know about how, like, you recited a poem and you were nervous in sixth grade about how you wish you were a mermaid. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? And then he recites the whole poem. Like, he memorized it. Like, I wish I was a mermaid. He remembered it all. He remembered the whole thing. And then, like, before he can even finish it, she just, like, plants big old kiss right on his lips. And then 
pulls away and he like finishes the wish I was a mermaid line. <laughs> and your heart like leaps for Seth in this moment because it's even though Summer is just abhorrent. <laughs> but he did like he he basically he sticks up for himself. Yes. Before, you know, he's, he's like, you know, introduce yourself to them. I'm not going to do that anymore. And yeah. then he goes into the whole, they don't, those guys don't know you. They don't care about you. They don't know that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. He, he puts his foot down, gets a kiss. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I didn't, I didn't hate Summer in this moment. I actually like, it's, it was like a great moment for them. And I think it's because when he said all that stuff to her and recited the poem and everything, he kind of reminded her of who she really is instead of this person that she's trying to be for these rich guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a real connection in that moment. And yeah, the kiss was great. And then, uh, she, but she kind of ruins it. Cause she's like, I want to go, I got to go talk to another rich guy now. And she just kind of leaves him. She but goes, he, don't worry. I'll introduce myself, which is like, like, does that make it okay? Good for you. <laughs> But Seth's just kind of like in a daze at this point. So he's just kind of like, maybe it's a good thing she she walked away because he was just like, I, at this point, I would do nothing but make this moment worse for myself. I think he would ruin it. And also, yeah, uh, yeah I think he's in such a state of uh, bewilderment that she could be like, uh, you know, I'm going to go murder some baby goats. And he'd be like, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Whatever. And she walks away and he's just like to himself. He's just like, it's the greatest party ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then we go to the kitchen with. uh, I I got my first kiss at my grandpa's birthday party. (laughs) 69, baby. (laughs) Everybody's getting laid here. (laughs) Uh, We cut to the kitchen and Sandy and Caleb are talking to each other. And Sandy's like, she's not quitting. Um. She's like you're you talking about Kirsten, of course. She's she's not quitting. She you're just mad because she's better than you at at the work thing, and she's better than you at the family thing. She's got you beat, Caleb. You suck. You lost. Just let her. Just let her keep her job, dude. And then um, and then Caleb's like very dismissive because. You know, he has to like hold all the cards and be like he he would never like agree to Sandy's demands. So he's just kind of like, I need a corkscrew. <laughs> like I'm just gonna drink more wine, whatever. It's, um, it's the perfect uh Sandy Cohen way of basically he's essentially like fixing the situation, but yeah. he's also gonna throw some jabs in it at Caleb because he doesn't like the guy. But he's sure. like fixing things between Caleb and Kirsten. Yes. Yes. He's also like, she's better at you than this. And you're, you're, you're like mad because she's so successful kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so, yes. And it works because then we cut to outside with Kirsten. um, And Caleb enters and Caleb says, you know, this was a great party. Uh, your mom would have loved it. And then he like, this is where he's vulnerable. He says like, I miss her. He's like, I miss, I miss your mom. And Kirsten's like, I do too. And, uh, 
Caleb like kind of inquires about her sister, which is the first you're hearing about the little sister. <laughs> which we get this to meet. is good. This yeah. is I feel like this is they do a good job of this because we heard about Caleb, you know, three or four episodes ago. Yes. So we weren't just immediately like, who is this guy? Like, where'd you come like, from? Yeah. Yeah. But, they're kind of like foreshadowing uh Haley, who's gonna enter pretty soon, I think. In the I think the New Year's Eve episode is the first time we meet her. Right, because she throws that rager. Yeah. At which the I, house. I immediately in I was like, well, on the previously on for that episode, we're gonna see a snippet of this scene where he's like, Have you heard from your sister? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, you figure out those moments. <laughs> um and then Kirsten's like, Yeah, I tried to get her to come to the party, but I couldn't find her like her phone's been disconnected or whatever because she's like a traveler free spirit type um caleb's like i'm working you too hard um and kirsten's like oh well i want you to be proud of me and then uh caleb's like <laughs> like he, he brings up ryan again he's like you took in took in that stray kid He's like, that's something your mom would have done, probably. And then Kirsten's like, yeah, but she would have done it just to piss you off. I just, I love just that. Just to be like, clear, yeah. Caleb never says that he's proud of her. I was like, there's that moment where neither of them are speaking. I'm just like, just fucking say it. And he's yeah. just like, that's, that's not taking, that, taking that boy in. It's like, God damn it. Just say you're proud of her. <laughs> you had such an opening there. <laughs> and you somehow missed the goal you somehow shot it way wide um and i like that that kirsten said like yeah mom would have adopted ryan just to piss you off because that gives me i like i like get a better sense of who kirsten's mom was from that yeah. line that's like oh she was a little firecracker right <laughs> like she was like she uh she put caleb in his place I would say she's yeah, somebody who like, could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Was she like a female Caleb Nickel? Like, who is who is, who is this mom that we don't know anything about? But yeah, that's yeah. a nice little... I think she was, she was probably like, like fiercely compassionate is kind of how I picture her. Um, and, uh, and then Caleb's like, uh, well, just don't be late on Monday. So in, a, in his own way, he's saying, like, you still have your job, you know, like mm -hmm. you don't have to you don't have to be demoted anymore. You're promoted to your old job. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You've had a re a remotion remotion re remotion. Yes. And then uh, then we cut to the stairs and, and now Ryan's sulking by himself on the stairs <laughs> and uh, Gabrielle enters and um, and she's like, well, I guess I guess Marissa likes you. I like, not like apologetic, really, but just kind of like, like, well, I, like we we found that out together. <laughs> and then she says, uh, I'd give anything to be that as miserable as you are right now. And Ryan's like, what? What are you talking about? He's, she's like, because that's how, you know, you're in love with somebody when you can be this miserable from what just happened because of that. Um, again, like G Gabby's only 24. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Gabby, you still, you have your whole life ahead of you, honey, please just, just leave Caleb. You'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. You, you, you can go to, go to college you can, or go you to can, like, just, you got 
so much so much life to live. I know. It seems like she she wants that. It seems like she wants to like be in love with somebody, but she's somehow like beholden to mm-hmm. Caleb. It's like, no, you'd like he'd be fine if you want he'd be absolutely fine if you were like, Hey, I think we should break up. I don't think we're gonna do this anymore. No problem. Yeah. She like kind of touches Ryan's arm and like plays with his hair a little bit and then she floats off into space never to be seen again (laughs) yes yes and that was all we knew of gabrielle um and then we cut to luke's bedroom with luke and marissa and here's another steamy scene Mm. where they are getting it on i think marissa like has her top off but she's still wearing a necklace um, I think yeah, they're both wearing necklaces and and underwear. It's <laughs> a good look. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Luke's got his puka shells on. Yeah, and this is another like. Remember how Luke was uh, with Holly in the last episode, where he was like, uh, "You you go ahead, I'll I'll be I'll just yeah. be a minute." Like this was another like really well acted moment of like awkward teenage sex. In my opinion, because uh, he's just like, I love you so much. And she's just like, eh, whatever, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like when he's like, when he's like going to like ask her if she wants to have sex, he's like, do you, uh, I mean, are you? And then Marissa's just kind of like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of like, whatever. And then it looks just like, should I get a like he never like finishes a question. He's like, do you are you should I get a should I? A, <laughs> and then she, Marissa's just like, yeah, yeah, so sure. Like she's like definitely not as into it as he is, um, which is sad. It's like she's just kind of like just like doing this to get back at Ryan. Yeah, that's what I wrote. I was uh, like, after she walks in on him uh, making out with Gabrielle, then immediately she's like, I gotta fuck Luke in retaliation. Yeah. Why? So you could tell him you're too late? Like, Marissa. Mm, Honey. Honey. You gotta stop doing this to yourself. So Luke gets up to like find a condom. And then, which I'm surprised he didn't just like have one, <laughs> like ready to go. Um, and uh, and then, so we're we're left with Marissa, and she's just kind of laying there, like she doesn't want to do this. So unhappy. It really, it makes the whole thing really sad. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, dude, you don't. Not a big deal. First of all, sex not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, second of all, like this, this, this isn't. I don't know what you expect to happen from this. Like, other than you just get to be, be unhappy with Luke some more, while Ryan's like upset with you. Like, what the? What are you doing? I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I I do get being that age and not ever having had sex before, and it is a big. It is a big deal in your mind. That's true. It's yeah. Like, at that point, when you're like a junior in high school, it's like there's the people that have had sex and the people that haven't. <laughs> right. And you're like one of, and I was in the haven't. 
And I was always just like, I wonder what those people are like now that they've had. Like, because clearly their whole existence is different now. Oh, yeah. They walk differently. They sit with different people at lunch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no. Well, that's the thing with sex. It's like once you do it, you realize like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. But you're right. Like going into it, high school, virgin. Yeah. Who you have sex with first is kind of a big deal. But the 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 reasons and the motivation behind why Marissa is losing her virginity right now, it's a it's a bummer, man. Yeah, it's a big bummer. Um, bu- 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 okay, okay, yeah, do what you want, Marissa. And then we cut to the Cohen's front steps, and Ryan's just sitting there, I guess, waiting for Marissa to come home. I or is he just contemplating? Guess so, just yeah, brooding? because he did. He knows that they left in Luke's truck. Yeah, to go to his house. They yeah, they didn't just like do a U turn and go into Marissa's driveway. So obviously they went to Luke's house, right? And so yeah, I guess he was just waiting for him to bring her home. Which I'm like, why didn't she just spend the night? His parents weren't there. Whatever. Um, so her, Luke's, I think Julie would have been mad. Oh, yeah. And Marissa's not. She also could have said, I'm staying at Summers or something. Yeah. Just you lie to your mom all the time, Marissa. Again, Uh, we're overthinking it. She had to, he had to take her home so that Ryan could see her get home. Yes, this is why. So Luke's truck pulls up into Marissa's driveway. Luke hears it because it's a big fucking truck. And, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ryan hears it because it's a big fucking truck. And so Ryan goes over to kind of like spy on them from the Cohen's driveway and uh, Luke's like, I love you. And Marissa's like very haphazardly like, I love you too. And then Luke pulls away. Ryan comes down to Marissa and this is where she drops the you're too late line and just (laughs) goes inside. Eight to 10 seconds of just like sadly staring at him. (laughs) Yep. Just like you're too late. You're too late. You blew it, man. Like, you ran into that guy's bed. So, the, like, the big issue I had with this episode is that, like, none of the f- female characters had any real, like, agency. So, you have Marissa, who is just, like, torn between these two boys the whole time and like really can't make up her mind so much that she goes to Ryan and she's like, you tell me what to do. Like take some fucking responsibility for yourself. Take some agency for yourself. And then like Kirsten with, with her relationship with her dad and like having Sandy, like, like speak for her to like tell Caleb that she's quitting. And I'm just like, Kirsten, stand up for yourself. Like, don't let don't let men just like talk for you. And then with um, I guess you could argue that Julie Cooper. I was gonna say, like, I think she's the only one that was like. But she had such a small it. role in this episode. Um, I'm thinking I also missed her as much as I, I don't too. like her. She's fun I like to watch when she's on the show more. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Summer with like her out of nowhere obsession with like hooking up with like rich guys in their 20s like why why bankers yeah like like 
didn't make any sense to me. And then with Gabrielle, with her relationship with Caleb, like at least she was like kind of like in on it and like didn't she wasn't I don't think she was like necessarily being taken advantage of because it was like an agreement that they both it was like very consensual. She seemed more self aware than the yeah. rest of the characters. Yeah, but even then she like seemed kind of like sad that she I don't know, that she her life had come to this point that she like has to do this and like she seems like she wanted more out of life and she just mm-hmm. felt kind of like stuck in this role that she was filling and I'm just like what like why isn't there any sort of like <laughs> like female empowerment or anything going on in this episode Well Mitchell what if I told you that Gabrielle opened up her own uh vegan bakery that went on to be one of the best vegan bakeries in the entire state of California and she's doing really well for herself now. I wish that was the epilogue of the episode. I wish like credits rolled and then it cut to to Gabby's cakes, <laughs> like the the sign out front, and then it like tilts down and you just see her and she's like I don't know maybe she's like got some tattoos or she like cut her hair or something. She's just like living her life. I would love that. Yeah, she's got like a puppy well, or something. We never see her again, so let's pretend that that's the case. I want to believe. And I know as the show goes on, these characters get fleshed out more and more, but all those little plot holes aside, that was like the big issue for the for me for this episode was that like all the female characters were just like at the whims of all the male characters and it's, yeah it's dumb <laughs> and it it just feels like uh like i said it it seems like this episode had a few things that needed to happen that could have been put in in other episodes yeah and sure. but it was like they wanted to have an episode to address those and then felt the need to like fill it in with these scenes that that we didn't particularly care for and yeah it just seems like they're like i don't know let's just make it so that they there's drama between the and you know she's dependent on him or you know like right i don't know it's some kind of like throwaway scenes it felt like definitely yeah but next week is one of the iconic uh oc episodes the Tijuana pa- episode. Pack your bags, because we're heading to <laughs> Tijuana. TJ, baby. And uh, uh, yes. who's, who's our who's our OC MVP for this episode? MVP. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah. Um, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Seth? Let's give it to Seth, because that's who I was going to say. Similar to, we gave it to Ryan last week as like a, 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 a accumulation of, <laughs> of what he's done in other episodes. But yeah. Seth fucking stood up to Summer and, and, uh, and, and got his first kiss, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and he like, um, yeah, <laughs> he kind of figured out the the Gabby Ryan situation and handled that with grace. <laughs> and um, he uh, called his grandfather out for 
using the phrase chasing skirts. So yeah, I think Seth gets it on All this right. one. Cool, congrats, Seth. I think he's the, the only uh, main character who hasn't gotten one yet, so now we're, oh, cool. now we're, we're all covered. All right. Well, this concludes our extended edition director's cut. <laughs> I think this is our longest episode by far. Oh, boy. Even the bad ones, you can talk about them a lot. Um, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, uh, give us a review if you can. Uh, follow us on Spotify or whatever. And uh, we'll be dropping episodes every week on Wednesday. Um, you can email us at jnmitchellsthocpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Mitchell Hardage, H-A-R-D-A-G-E. You can follow Jay at Jay the Instagram. And until next week. Until next week, this has been Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. We'll OC you next time. Oh, shit. That's a great sign off. All right. That's it. We'll OC you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. We hope that you're doing well. Yes, we do. Uh, wear, wear a mask. <laughs> Wash your hands. Don't go a place if you cannot go to that place. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. This podcast is a Kitty Wing production.